Let's take a look at the board. And the categories are... Potent Potables. Joey, you like movies about gladiators. You're no messiah, you're a, you're a movie of the week. So you listen to me and you listen well. Look, well, let's not stand on ceremony, mate. Let's start the show. Well, howdy, everybody. This is the Potent Pictures Podcast. I'm Dave, as always, and joined by Matt, Peter, and Sean. Boys, why don't you say hello this week? Hello Yellow. this week. Every time. So funny. <laughs> Matt just does not enjoy it. It's so enjoyable to just mess with him. But uh, this week, we wanted to uh, talk a little bit about it. Before we get into it, let's do a little uh, what we're watching and what we're drinking. So, Matt, why don't you start us off this week? Yeah, so I, I saw a few things. Um, yeah, I, I mentioned watching Guardians of the Galaxy in 4K, and uh, another, another sale got me, and that was the the Fifth Element in 4K, and uh, really, really awesome. I haven't I hadn't seen that movie in a while because I heard it was coming out in, in um, Ultra HD, and I wanted to wait it out just because it's one of my favorite movies and. Uh, a lot of fun to watch it. Always great to have a reason to sit down and, and thoroughly enjoy it. And, you know, definitely nice to see it and, you know, kind of the best quality available. It was out in theaters, I think, over the summer for a re-release to celebrate it coming out. But I, I didn't get yep. to catch it. So uh, this is, I, I think, the next best thing. And I'm, I'm pretty happy. Always nice to see Gary Oldman and Bruce Willis and Mila Jovovich. And, uh, yeah, if you haven't uh, even had a chance to see that, maybe watch that. And then when Valerian comes out, maybe give that a shot or just watch Fifth Element again if you're not into Valerian. And then I also caught a couple of the Saturday Night Live best ofs just because I think I was working and I just wanted something lighthearted in the background and uh, Saturday Night Live, like, you know, the best of way Adam Sandler and best of Will Ferrell, you know, lots of fun to go back and watch those. Um, I definitely watched, you know, Saturday Night Live when I was in middle school and probably early into high school kind of trailed off. I haven't really seen much since and nowadays it's really just catching what's on YouTube, but a lot, a lot of fun to kind of revisit some of those uh, classics. I definitely, at least for me, I think I had seen the Adam Sandler ones and probably some clips, but I wasn't as familiar with most of those uh, sketches, probably because I didn't grow up watching them. But the Will Ferrell one was, you know, so that that was a lot, you know, kind of fresher to see or kind of newer to see or um, experience. Will Ferrell was just more nostalgia and get, getting to laugh along with those uh, characters. And then I started watching, I think somebody mentioned it, but I don't know if anybody had seen it yet. I started watching The Good Place on Netflix. Uh, which, is that the one with uh, Ted Danson? Yeah, Ted Danson, who's always always a fun uh, a fun guy to have on a sitcom. Like guy's been working for decades in sitcoms, and um, him and his giant head. Him and him and his giant head, and and don't forget about uh, <laughs> Dax Shepard's wife, uh, Kristen Bell. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one Matt that I I actually watched from the like when it was on the like during the this year I guess the past year. I really liked it. But what have you thought about it so far though? So far, I'm really enjoying it. Lots of fun humor. Um, they're doing a really good job. I, I'm really enjoying. I'm only a few episodes in, but I, I'm really enjoying it. I, th- I think they're doing a, a lot of good things with the humor and kind of uh, setting up the, you know, the good place for for a, I think a strong run. One thing I noticed about it is that, and, and not to give it away for uh, for folks that haven't seen it, but it felt a lot like um, the premises. The premises set up like within the first five minutes, but you know, it kind of felt a lot like. Uh, Last Man on Earth with Will Forte, ah. and uh, <laughs> great, great, and show. that's a good thing. Now I'm I'm very behind on that. I haven't I haven't caught up on it. I'm, I think I only finished the first season and maybe a couple episodes into the, the second. Not for lack of not for lack of interest, just just haven't gotten into it. I think we talked about that once where it was it was tough to see him always be in the wrong, terrible, um, yeah, because 
you know, if I get to do that in real life, why do I want to watch somebody else experience it? Um, <laughs> but it, this is a lot of fun. Ouch. I'm definitely going to catch up on this and maybe even start DVRing it and watching it throughout this season. Or, you know, maybe I'll just be waiting for the next season on Netflix. But, I didn't even see, Is it back for a second season? I mean, I don't know when seasons start anymore because you know, yeah. I'm so addicted to I think to it's DVRs, around like but, next week, maybe? There's yeah, a couple probably of shows, sep- I think. September, November. I'm not sure. Yeah. October. It's somewhere September, in October, this. Yeah. yeah, whenever. September September 20th. It starts whenever it comes back to on demand in you know, a year from now. So Nice. For, <laughs> for this guy cutting the cord. Uh, <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that. We all, we, a few of us do it just because. No, but I, nice. I, I will say, Matt, yeah, I agree. It's a, I thought it was a really good show. It, it, I'll, you know, I'd love to hear your feedback on the second half of the show because it kind of it's gotten mixed reviews from both like when they took their break but yeah okay yeah i'll, I'll definitely it's a full it's a full run right it's not a half season it's a full like 20 no it's a it's a full yeah. 30, 13 yeah. and i okay, think 13. it kind of it was timed differently though than like a lot of the other shows so i was kind of turned like not turned off but like i got kind of off off schedule so i kind of had to make up a couple episodes at the end there which again, love watching things on Netflix because you don't have to deal with that. But then you also, <laughs> you know, you sometimes don't have the kind of the break that you experience when you're watching it live. So things happen immediately, and the suspense isn't you know built up at all, which I don't really care about. So, no, um, see that the worst part <laughs> is you don't have the commercial breaks to like do something around the house. You gotta you gotta have that opening. You know, yeah. you still have those commercial breaks, but it's the same commercial seven times a lot of well, times. Well, on Hulu, yeah, yeah, it's not on Netflix. Yeah, this is, this is Netflix guy. I don't. Oh man, I don't. I don't. I don't mess with that oh. commercial stuff. I, I I do have to throw in though. I'm a. I'm actually a pretty big fan of uh, Kristen Bell in terms of humor. So she was in Bad Moms, which is another I think kind of underappreciated comedy. Um, what else? Forgetting Sarah Marshall. So she's in a yeah. lot of stuff. I think she's pretty funny. Yeah, I, I loved Mars. her. Yeah, snarky yeah. attitude in Veronica Mars. Lots of lots of she's just, she has a good timing and good delivery. So, um, but you know, and, and I, I never really watched it, but I caught a few episodes of, of House of Lies. She was great in that, and I always try to encourage people to watch that show, even though I didn't watch it because I'm a consultant and I like people to think that I'm like Don Cheadle. Um, but uh, so if you get a chance, watch uh, House of Lies and The Good Place. In terms of what I'm drinking, it, the the only non kind of the only new beer that the hotel I'm at uh, has right now uh, that I haven't seen is uh, Lakefront uh, Fixed Gear, which I think I, I've heard somebody else mention on the on the on the podcast. Um, it's a, an American, uh, uh, I think it says Red IPA. That's uh, good. I'm, I'm a big fan. If you get a chance to check it out, and Lakefront that is that is out of Chicago, right? Uh, Milwaukee. I think I think oh, I talked about it when I was up there. Yeah, that's what no, it was. no, it's, yeah, it's a great great brewery. Yeah, yeah good good choice. Yeah, so. Really happy. And actually, now that you mention it, that's why it's familiar. I was up in Milwaukee for a few months and for work, and I definitely uh, everybody told me to try that over uh, Spotted Cow, which is a great beer up in Milwaukee. So this you can actually get outside of Wisconsin, and, and if you get a chance, uh, Lakefront, uh, especially the fixed gear, I'd, I'd recommend. So yeah, what about you, Peter? So I have not had a ton of time to watch too much. So as opposed to I think it was last week where I saw five movies in five days. Uh, this week has been all moving all the time, unpacking boxes, which is terrible. I think uh, moving always seems like it's not too bad until you actually are moving, and then it's you remember how terrible it is. But concur, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you would know, you would know, Dave, and you too, Sean. Mm-hmm. I guess we've all kind of been through it in the last last few weeks or months. But uh, but I did watch one thing which we've all talked about, 
in a episode of the podcast, which is Alien Covenant. So after we watched that earlier in the summer, uh, you know, my wife and I went back and she wasn't able to go with me to Covenant, but we we went back and kind of watched all the Alien movies just to kind of revisit them all and kind of get to enjoy as they slowly declined into into uh, terribleness with uh, Aliens 3, or I should say uh, the fourth one, which was Alien... Resurrection or... Uh... Resurrection, yeah. That's quite a commitment, oh, by yeah. the way. Like, kudos to you guys. We had to. I mean, once, once you watch <laughs> one, you got to watch two, and then once you're that far, you just got to go through it, so... Um, I will say I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I think I could have stopped at eight. One and two, you can stop. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, so I'm going to say, if you guys say you would not watch three and, and Resurrection, I want you to watch Covenant again. But oh my god, a second viewing was so bad. That movie, after watching again, it is just not a good movie. I don't know if it's the fact that you know, in general, it wasn't a great movie. So when you watch it the second time, you you kind of know what you're going to get. So none of the surprises, quote unquote, hit you. But it is just not a good movie. It's very oddly paced. The uh, when when you watch it at home, there's something about watching it at home where th- even the special effects look kind of cheesy. And, and I don't know, maybe it was just me, but my wife even turned to me halfway through and kind of just went, this movie is just not good. So I would be very curious if you guys revisit it to kind of hear your thoughts. Cause so literally it was just, I, I was, I was kind of taken aback. I was kind of excited to revisit it cause I thought I might like it a little more, but wow, it is just not good. Yeah. No, I'm going to watch <laughs> alien three and resurrection before I watch that again. If, if I really need to get any, <laughs> if I really need to get anything out of alien covenant, I'm going to go to Mr. Skin and see Michael Fassbender kiss himself. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say spoiler, but you know what? It's okay. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah. Well, all right. That, that really does sum up that movie, though. It is just—it is just odd, and it, maybe it's just a way to say, Ridley Scott, you were great, but I, it's time to be done. I—I I is he—is he—is he going senile or something? I, like, is that—is that? I mean, did you feel like he's going into uh, like senility? I—I don't. I just feel like he may catch his checks. Well, it's cash and checks, or maybe he just kind of lost touch and he's trying to bring things back. Because I remember he made a comment that one thing he was he was upset about with Prometheus, which I think gets a bad rap. I actually kind of enjoyed that movie, but that's another discussion. Um, Wrong. He get get out of here, Matt. So I (laughs) I think um, what's well, if I compare Prometheus to Covenant, Prometheus is by far the better movie. You've got to admit that. Yes. Okay. And, and David was was actually super interesting and, and uh, entertaining in Prometheus and and terrible in Covenant. Yeah, but no, he mentioned you know when when Covenant came out, one of the things he wanted to rectify was there wasn't enough action in Prometheus. So, I mean, granted, if you uh, you know obviously we're well, I'm well placed to to comment since we watched all the movies, but if you compare Covenant to every other Aliens movie, this has the most action that you see from the aliens. I mean, you you don't really see them in most of the other movies. They're either in shadows or things happen off camera or, you know, you get a really small, cheesy, you know, puppet action scene. But, you know, this movie, there's a lot going on, but it tells the backstory in such an uninteresting way that it takes away any of the mystery and it it just, it's not satisfying. So, Without continuing to ramble, if you guys go back and revisit it, please let me know what you think. But 
I just was amazed at how bad it was on the second viewing. So just just to kind of give give Ridley Scott a little bit of redemption, The Martian was a damn good movie. Obviously, the source material was phenomenal by Andy Weir, but um, that's fair. If you look at his most recent movies, uh, not a lot to to get excited about uh, beyond that. So I, I don't know if he needs to hang anything up, but uh, leave, leave the alien leave, yeah. leave aliens alone. Yeah. They were good. That they were fine. They had yeah. to run. You don't think they should restart the franchise again? No, please, dear God, do not. <laughs> we're going. The, we're going the route of Terminator. Is where we're going with this. They, this they, particular at this point, thing. they might as well just do an Alien versus Terminator versus Predators. <laughs> Predator. Yeah. I just yes. want new stories. I'd go like see. Hey, all. fuck that. I would go see that. No, I would go see. I it. want Alien versus Jason. That's what I want. You and twelve other people would go see that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'd be holding I hands. Feel like, enjoying. It. <laughs> I feel like I'm not surprised if that ever came out. I wouldn't be either. The Freddy, the Freddy versus Jason was not terrible. It was palatable over some other Jason movies, but that's about all I can say about that. You kind of know what you're getting into, so at least you know, exactly you, you know it's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> you're just like, all right, well, screw it. Let's just see how this goes. <laughs> you know, we'll see. Ridley Scott is not directing it, but he's executive producing uh, the new Blade Runner. So maybe we'll see how that turns out. And although I, <laughs> we'll probably have to give all the credit to what is it, uh, De- uh, Denny. Yeah, Denny Villeneuve. Yeah. Do you guys feel like that movie's this side note with uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine? Is that like in a weird? It's like a dead period, like October. I feel like it's strange month for that movie to come out. But I guess given the amount of movies that are coming down the pipeline in November and in December, it's sort of the best case. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? It's I'm kind, kind of surprised it's not a summer movie, just yeah. given the the spectacle. But it, I'm guessing it's gonna fit better in October. And I'm I'm glad it doesn't have to compete with much, and it's it's looking forward to it. And obviously, you know, if you pronounce uh, Denny Villeneuve uh, his name correctly, <laughs> it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. So to go to what I'm drinking, so there's a still trying to check out a lot of the breweries or the kind of the different beers in the D.C. area. And one of the the ones I tried is uh, it's from a brewery called Three Stars Brewing Co. It's in it's actually in D.C. Uh, the name of the beer was Trouble in Paradise, and it's a uh, it's a sour. And I'm not a huge fan of sours, but I will admit that the more I have, the more I kind of am warming up to them. So this one was a sour with uh, mango and guava. It wasn't overly fruity, but uh, it, it was good though. I mean, I I don't know if you guys are fans of sours or not. Not but yeah, yeah. same same here. I'm not the biggest fan of those uh, type of beers. Fruit fruity fruit laced beers are my basically my they're your poison push on the well no they're not my poison they're just like the push on the sweetness i'll go for a beer like uh a beat of strawberry is like the farthest i'll go with like fruit and beer we won't we won't talk about shiner with their terrible run at a freaking strawberry (laughs) (laughs) horrendous but yeah no this was a good one so i would i would recommend i don't know if they really distribute too much outside of this area but I'll, I'll figure that out and I'll let you know. Regardless, uh, pretty good. I th- I've talked about Jester King before, which is down in Austin, mm-hmm. and they're basically all sours. And I'm not going to lie, just the more I've had, the more I've kind of warmed up to them. I would give it a second chance. But yeah, that was pretty good. So from three stars is Trouble in Paradise. Uh, let's go to Sean. What have you been watching and drinking? Um, kinda, it seems like we're in the same boat. I guess it's that time of the year, but I haven't really gotten to watch too much. Um, I did watch a couple things, though. I started watching the Orville, which is the new series with Seth MacFarlane on uh, Fox, and How is that? it was not great. <laughs> uh, I I watched the first episode was on Sunday, and like I know they had a ton of marketing behind it with the NFL, so I was like, all right, I'll I'll, I'll bite. 
so I recorded the episode and I watched it last night and it was it was not good. Um, I mean, it was okay. It has like it has like that Star Trek feel, but it's it was kind of just bad joke after bad joke. Now, Sean, Galaxy Quest. I can't remember if I mentioned I did yeah, watch yeah. this last week. It, it's um, very similar. So that was part of my excitement for it. But Galaxy Quest is a classic, and literally everybody needs to watch it. So I'm disappointed to hear that. Like I and I, maybe I'll give it another like the pilot episode of every show I feel like is is not good, so it might get better if I'll probably watch a couple episodes and not just judge it on the first one, but you know I it was it had its moments where I giggled at some comments, but that's about it. Like nothing that was that was overly memorable. So no, nothing makes me happier than when a grown man giggles. I love the giggling, especially especially Ron, especially Ron Swanson. Yeah, especially when uh, that's the, Ron that's the best giggles, giggles yeah. of all time. Good, good, great show. Go back and watch Parks and Rec if anybody hasn't ever seen that. Just it's awesome, but uh, great, great, some historic characters. I want to ask some real quick. I, I heard that <laughs> Orville is actually less of a comedy and more of like a not a drama, but just it's a dramedy. It kind of is like I could see where yeah you, but like. It's more comedy than, than that, though, than drama. Okay, good. Good, because um, I, I had heard the opposite, which really shocked me for the fact that it's a Seth, Seth MacFarlane show. I could kind of get that, but I think they like the drama, the drama was filled with just as much comedy like at those moments. But So so you bring up, so actually, real quick, when you bring up Seth MacFarlane, did anybody ever see that movie, Thousand Ways You Can Die, that he was I in? I never did. In the West, yeah. Actually, literally, yeah. nobody did. I, I saw it. I saw. I guess I was the only one. Was it terrible? Like, I, I, I mean, would you? I guess Sean, you'd be the only one that really could, could make a comparison if it was the same kind of stupid uh, humor in it. I'm wondering. Well, I think he like. I, I actually have seen like five minutes of that movie. I was on HBO one time, mm-hmm. but like it didn't catch me enough to watch the whole thing. So I mean, it sounded like it's like just raunchy. But Peter's probably a better answer that question. I, I I wouldn't say it's overly raunchy. It's it's basically a feature film that's full of Family Guy jokes. So as opposed to like Ted, where Ted is kind of it's a general comedy that you can actually enjoy. I like Ted. I think it's a decent movie. Uh, Ted Two is a different story, but um, the uh, Million Ways to Die in the West is it literally doesn't even feel like a movie. It just feels like they took the writer's room from family guy and threw a ton of jokes at an hour and a half or two hours, whatever it is. Um, I mean, Charlize Theron's in it. So at least you get that. And she seems to be having a good time with it. So I actually enjoyed it enough for those reasons. Yeah. It's not a good, good movie by any means. Yeah. I, but I, like I said, I, Orville has much to be like desired for. And hopefully we get a couple more uh, episodes with some good content. Um, other than that, like that's as far as TV, like on, movies this week i started watching i had never seen fantastic beasts and where to find them the uh i guess prequel to harry potter it's uh it's pretty interesting i watched about half the movie so far um i never had seen any of these so uh, i think they have a sequel already in the works um wait Uh, sean you've never seen the harry potter films at all no the i mean i thought they're yeah i should probably backtrack and say these new fantastic beast series that they're apparently making this is the only one now yeah so i have not seen this movie so i decided to watch it and it was i mean it seems like it's okay it's a little little i don't know i guess it's uh a little cheesy i don't know i feel like harry potter i don't know maybe i'm just judging it as an adult in harry potter i watched more as a kid and or like read him as a kid and watched as like a teenager and adult and like young adult but I, i haven't really it's not bad it's not great um you guys have you guys seen uh fantastic beasts yeah but i 
I think we've all seen the whole thing, so it's hard to. Yeah, I think it's okay. worth finishing, I'll, but we'll I don't come know back. what else to discuss if you haven't seen it all. I'll, I'll come back and uh, mention it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but other than that, I haven't really gotten a lot of time to watch a lot this week, uh, other than this wonderful movie that we're going to discuss. It. Um, and as far as what I'm drinking this week, David and Peter, I know you just mentioned it, but I'm drinking a beta amber. I bought a couple of these uh, to watch the nice Saints game last night. So, uh, how, how well did that turn out? For you know, us? The game, the game was miserable, but a beat of amber always goes down smooth. So, it helps medicate me. Uh, but the Abita ambers, I feel like amber is a great beer for this time of the year when it's like not quite fall, but not quite summer or anymore. So, nice little uh, tweener beer. So, kids don't drink. <laughs> we got that explicit rating on here. We got that for a reason. Yeah, yeah. like the like the tweeners that are going to drink are, are going to listen to the explicit rating, Sean. <laughs> but that's all I'm watching this week. So, Dave, what about you? What are you watching and drinking? Well, um, I finally actually to to luckily for y'all is I finally actually had a chance to actually go see uh, Wind River. So, uh, really enjoyed it. I know y'all been dying Slacker. to uh, talk about it. I know, I know. I'm I'm worthless, but I that was I think that was my first movie I got to use my uh, my movie pass on. So Woo-hoo! exciting. I think I could have been another one, but I'm pretty sure that was what the first one was. Um, Hitman's Bodyguard. But yeah, what? I was saying Hitman's Bodyguard to the rhythm of oh, of great, maybe that was to what? the rhythm of Great White Buffalo. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, really enjoyed it. We'll talk more. I think we're thinking about doing a, a separate episode on that, so I won't go into too much. But thoroughly enjoyed it. I have one point of contention with it, and I'll talk that in our uh, in our episode about it. Um, I'm also now into almost done season two of Continuum. I've been trudging through this this uh, show. I'm trying to. I, had, I didn't get to finish season three or season four, so finally making it through. Just kind of redoing the whole watch. So hopefully, maybe next podcast I'll I'll be up to date on it. We'll see. I have a, a long weekend up ahead of me. And then Baywatch. I don't know if y'all have seen this yet. Uh, did y'all ever catch Baywatch? I've heard nothing but things that make me not want to watch it. <laughs> so it's, well, here's it's a question. Not- it's How is Alexandra Daddario? God damn it, I've messed and it up you, every you, time. This gets no, you so you, attractive, you can't even say her name. Like, I, 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 <laughs> there you go. It's like uh, my you, tongue you hit on the one. You mouth. hit on the one of the two reasons why it was a good movie. <laughs> there was another one, which was the uh, other breast. CJ. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nicely, nicely put there, Matt. Nicely put. There. Uh, Awesome. I got nothing on that one, guys. I can't, I can't, awesome. I can't recover from that one. That was too good. Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, we lost all our female uh, subscribers. I made an increase in male subscribers. Oh, the other reason was, of course, for all our ladies out there, Dwayne Johnson's two breasts. Uh, do not yeah, forget about uh, Zach Efron. That, that oh, Zach Efron, oh, too. Man. Look at that. That's we can get I the ladies Dave's back. Other, okay. I thought Dave's so, other good okay. thing would be shirtless Does, Zach Efron. So. Seriously, does he, like... What is his workout routine? Because that kid is just fucking shredded. It is disgusting, and I want to be him. That is literally, like, I'm watching this going, this is this dude's fucking ripped. Like, what the, why, how, how is this even possible? He is, but he always plays, like, the douchey, cocky guy every time he, oh. he's ripped in these movies. So, oh, yeah. So, it, it's hilarious. It takes away from, from that, because you're always like, wow, what a douche. But he's, oh, he's yeah, kind of but... awesome at it, and maybe most of my experiences from Neighbors, I haven't seen the second one, but he's douchey, but you also, like, get the, he's, I don't know, you kind of feel bad for him, and by that, never mind, fuck Zach Efron, he's gorgeous. <laughs> no, fuck that, no, it's, no, no, Neighbors 2 is actually even funnier, because they, they kind of delve into that a little bit more. 
Yeah, he's he's less hilarious. of a bro in Neighbors too. He's yeah. more of like your friend. He, yeah, he's he, well, I, I, you feel like bad for him pair. the whole time because everybody else in the in his life has moved on and he's just kind of like stuck in the in the in the frat life. I mean, they have an entire exchange about boiling hard boiling or bo- boiling an egg. And he makes a comparison to spaghetti. And he's like, "Well, wait. Wait, you just boil the egg and it gets hard?" He's like, "Well, well, yeah." And he goes, "Well, well, that doesn't make any sense." He's like, well, "What do you mean?" He goes, well, "When you put spaghetti in there, it turns soft." And then like <laughs> and they both get Seth Rogen just kind of sits there and he's just like, "Fuck, you got a good point there. What the fuck?" I was going to say that the, the, there's nothing wrong with that logic. It's perfectly <laughs> I, I can't fault it at all. It is it is a great scene in that and you're just like, "Holy shit, he's got a point." <laughs> But I, I enjoyed Neighbors too. I would, I would, I would recommend it if you have like some free time to just watch it. I thought it was pretty funny. If you liked one, then definitely go see two. Um, but yeah, no, Baywatch was not terrible. Um, lots of dick jokes, so you, you got that. Um, but yeah, really not too much to talk about on Baywatch. Just you know, if you you want to see uh, Alexandra Daddario, I I, I I probably mispronounced. No, it. No, that was it. You got it, Dave. Good job. Was it? Did I get it? Proud oh man, heck yeah. So definitely watch that for that one. And whoever is playing the the Pamela Anderson uh, C.J. Parker uh, role, um, she also helps the movie a little bit as well in terms of that. And it's and the rocks in it, so you know, hey. What's well, up? I just got to ask: uh, Did you now that as soon as you said C.J. Parker, I remembered her name like it was it never. <laughs> I never forgot it. But did you remember it before seeing this movie? Because if somebody had mentioned Pamela Anderson's name, like asked me what her name was, I if they watched, I would have had no think- idea. I think I would have remembered CJ, but I think when I watched it, it the it, the memory kicked back in. I mean, I was always more of a Yasmin Bleeth, but I don't remember her character's name either. Oh, yeah. She was in that uh, show. Wait, 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 now, wait, wait, wait. I will wait, say I she? remember her name mostly because of Friends. That's fair. Wait. Yasmin Bleeth. That... <laughs> she was – she was she – I, I, I don't understand the, the Friends reference. Was she on it? No, or they just did they was, have like an obsession it was in 94 it? when that was on, so Baywatch was in constant oh. airing, and they referenced it. Her oh, was that where they would play the, the running on the street, like on on, re, on Rewind, while they were sitting in the in the apartment? Wasn't that part of their routine or something like that in Friends? Am I am I completely missing something? I'm not recalling that, but they, they did watch okay. the show. Okay. Okay, I thought they would keep kept playing the, the slow motion running like. No, I think you're. Just keep I think you're remembering it. your childhood. Oh, well, I definitely did that. <laughs> or, or you're, or you're remembering my childhood. I'm not sure which, but. <laughs> Either way, or last doesn't night. matter. What we a, all did either it. one. Oh, oh. <laughs> so were were the characters in this movie were they playing the same characters from the show, or is it just like the same universe, quote unquote? It's the same. It's the same characters, name wise, but like the. Now I don't remember much about how the people were in the show, like the actual characters, but the names of the characters were the same. Okay, got it. But you know what? If you got you know maybe some time you you're bored, just put it on to the background. It had a couple funny scenes that you'll enjoy, but nothing nothing to write home about. So, and uh, in terms of what I'm drinking, and I feel like somebody's maybe possibly brought this up, but it's a, a ballast point uh, mango even keel. Peter, have you drank uh, this before? I think I mentioned this before on the podcast, but yeah, it's good. Oh, my bad. I've had their, um, I've had their, da da da. What is it? The, the Sculpins, the Grapefruit uh, Sculpin, and some of their other. That ones. was that's what I thought, but I don't know if anybody had ever drank this mango even keel, but it may have. I just happened to be walking by, and it looked kind of interesting. Not terrible. Um, not the biggest fan. Like we were talking earlier about the fruits. Um, 
it's starting to grow on me a little bit, but um, just too much too much fruitiness in it. Mango is always delicious. I enjoy me some good mango, but I don't know. I'm still. I think like Sean, I basically hit my strawberry, and that's about as far as I really want to go with uh, my fruits and my beers. I think blueberry. I think I can have like one of them, uh, the Abita one. Sean, have you had that one yet? Not this year. I actually saw it at the store when I bought the amber the other day. I, I almost put, picked up a six pack, but uh, funny enough, I last week I was at a store and I saw they had a six pack of like I guess it was like a, a rogue six pack of strawberry, so I picked it up. So I do have some strawberry in my fridge. Oh well, ah eh, well, oh well. So, but yeah, uh, nothing, nothing bad. I kind of enjoyed it. I have a couple other ones in there, but I'm not drinking those tonight. So, but uh, that's really all I got for uh, drinking and watching. So uh, I think we can move over into some uh, movie news. Peter, would you like to take the news this week? Yeah, so I think there's there's a few things. I'll touch on the quick ones first because I think the major story is one that anybody should know or should have at least heard of in the in the news. But um, the small stuff is, uh, and, and not by any means because we all love Liam Neeson, but he has officially uh, retired from action movies. So he's got some stuff... Uh, in the can or in the pipe he's uh currently uh there's a trailer came out for a mo- new movie of his where it's non-stop but on a train so those are the types of quality we're getting out of his action movies but as i said he stopped taking paychecks for uh, absorbent amounts of money just to show up and be like brian mills with a serious set of skills right gotta love it i mean hey it spawned a tv show that's also terrible no, the first the first movie was extremely entertaining though, so I don't want to call the horror series terrible because the first one I think was at the time oh, yeah. a lot of fun. Oh no, but it's one of those ones that like it, it was such a well received movie that they just basically paid people paid him a ridiculous amount of money to come back and do two sequels. So I don't blame him at all for taking the money at this point in his career. I'm sure it's like fat paychecks like that are hard to pass up. I mean, hey, it's. Like you said, the first one's good, and the other two, it's Liam Neeson. So you you get you get what you come to the theater for, and he is a blast to watch kick people's ass. So you know what? It's it's all right. It's all right. Um, he has not reached uh, Steven Seagal uh, level. So I don't even, I don't even think that's necessary to even mention. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just saying, you know, because some some might say so. <laughs> so with with that being said, since we all love uh, Liam Neeson so much, uh, the other person that i think everyone has to love is stan lee creator of you know half the marvel characters if not more uh everybody enjoys his cameos or i hope you enjoy his cameos in the mcu films so it's uh it's been released that he has already shot his next five cameos so for uh, avengers uh, infinity war avengers 4 uh what was it uh, ant-man black panther and the new thor movie so Obviously, uh, you know, Thor is coming out pretty soon and they're filming Infinity War. But the other ones, oh, and Black Panther, obviously. Uh, but the other two, I don't even think have started production yet. So they've they've definitely thought ahead and he's 94 years old. So it's probably a good idea to get his stuff on film because I have a feeling he may be immortal and may live to be a thousand. But at the same time, he's uh, he's getting up there. So. I did like his... Uh... I did particularly enjoy his appearance in Spider-Man Homecoming. When he's, how's your mother? <laughs> yeah, he, that, that's, was, that's I a good forget, one. I think that's it. But yeah, it was awesome. It's, was it's always one. funny because when old people ask about their mothers, it's like, uh, is she alive? <laughs> 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 Terrible. 
And then one that's real topical because it was just announced today. Uh, Apple is, you know, released a new Apple TV. And obviously we don't really talk about gadgets here. But I think the cool part is for anybody who is a big fan of watching movies and movies that are in high def, uh, if you get the new Apple TV, which is a 4K box, by the way, if you own anything in the Apple store that's in HD, they will give you a free 4K copy, which not only is great because it's free as opposed to spending, I think it's anywhere between like 20 and 30 bucks for an HD or a 4K movie, but uh, it's going to get a lot more people to upgrade 4K TVs, better quality, and, you know, it's all goodness for movie watchers. So I think that's, you know, just kind of a fun thing for anybody who's a fan of keeping up with the, the nerdy end of cinema. No, I, I agree. I think that's awesome because I we all know how HD and... Uh the HD DVD and then the Blu-ray and every, every competitive marketplace that they've had over the last few years, VHS, beta tapes, uh, everything. This is a good way to kind of help the transition period. Does anyone actually have a 4K t- uh, TV? I do not. They can actually... Yes. Oh, you do? Oh, very nice. Yeah. So you I, may actually be able to benefit from I, this. I don't. I actually watch my 4K Blu-rays on my CRT TV from high school. <laughs> It could be possible. That's a sweet resolution you get. Um, so some Star Wars news. Uh, the first one, real quick, uh, rumblings there could potentially be another De- Death Star, and we have to talk about this because I'm sure Matt read this and was super excited. So Matt, let, give us your hot take. How do you feel about this Death Star number, <laughs> you know, 25? It's just absolutely unbelievable. I'm going to assume that somebody, <laughs> I have to, I think it was based off of a toy, which is where this rumor came from, and yeah, I'm yeah, just going to assume It was a card. Yeah, so somebody just... Whatever they were selling or whatever they were they were doing, they had a Death Star in the background. I'm just I have to assume it, it can't exist in the next movie because uh, unbelievable. History would prove otherwise, though. <laughs> I agree with him. We, we've had it in more more Star Wars movies than uh, than not had not, it. Yeah, or a spherical we've like literally only uh, battle yeah, station. We've, we've had literally only days, had so. one movie without uh, a Death Star. It's. I, um, I'm forgetting are we, about the. I'm, are we counting the? I, forgot, I completely ignored the prequels existing. My bad. Oh, okay. But still. <laughs> no, okay. I, I just but no. But they. Them, but, but they were. They. They were brought up in the prequels, and they had those. The I'll call them the stars. The Death Stars of the time had big circles in the middle of them. If you remember, there's there, a big orb in the, the center. Trade Federation. There, there yeah. was one Death Star in the in episode the, three. The last one, right? Yeah. They, yeah, they showed at the yep. very end. So. Yeah. Yep. Matt, yeah. you're Matt, you're kind of fucked. I'm going to be honest with you. It's going to probably happen. I can only hope that it has a shield and somebody tries to um, warp into it or not. What, what are they? Uh, light speed into it, and they mistime uh-huh. it and they just crash. That's all I can hope. <laughs> because if, if if shields are literally that easy to get through, I still can't believe that was a solution in the the last movie. But uh... <laughs> oh, awesome. Matthew, I'm sorry. I'm still holding out hope it's not going to be there. I like the optimism. I think we're all on the same page with you on that one. But yeah. we, I'm, I'm like slightly hoping it is just, just for to the see fact. The reaction. Yes, out of out of out of you and like half the populace, just because be like really, just really, and I'm just going to sit back and watch the watch the show. So if there is one, and somehow I find out beforehand, I'm not going to tell Matt, and then I'm going to go find him when he sees the showing, and I'm going to just stare at him and videotape his face when he sees it for the first time. <laughs> And I'll, I'll post it on YouTube because I think people would enjoy that. So, so to, to keep it moving with the final piece of news, which I think is the biggest piece, all in the last week, 
we lost the director of episode nine for Star Wars. We gained a brand new director. So Colin Trevorrow, who was the director of Jurassic World, who got the the gig for episode nine a while back. Uh, there'd been some rumblings that, you know, would he potentially be gone since we've seen some stuff happen with um, the Han Solo movie and things happened with Rogue One. There's been a lot of director issues with st- the Star Wars movies. So last week, Trevor Trevor, they announced that he's out. And uh, just today, they announced this morning that J.J. Abrams is going to come back. So he's going to come back after opening the trilogy. He's going to close it out. So just real quick feedback from you guys. I mean, are you guys excited about Abrams coming back? Do you Are you neutral? You think it would have been more fun to have a new person? Any, any thoughts? I mean, I guess I can start here. I think J.J. Abrams is okay. Like, I feel like it's... He's a producer, so he, he's he already has his hands in it. I don't know if uh, did they say if uh, Ryan is it Ryan Johnson? I just completely spaced out. Sorry. Yeah, um, Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson. For, I don't know if he's he going to help write it because I thought I'd heard that. It says Abrams is going to write it, and there was rumblings that Ryan Johnson was writing eight and nine. So I don't know how much he's going to be involved with nine. I don't know if anybody's read anything different. I mean, I guess it's it's probably like my. Uh, it's not the worst choice, but anyway, I feel like that Disney likes what's safe, and he's safe, so um, he'll put out a good movie that people will go see, and as long as he doesn't have a Death Star, I think Matt will go see it too, but uh, what do you guys think overall? Matt, I guess, Matt, what are you thinking? I don't think I've seen a movie by J.J. Abrams that I, I haven't liked, um, except for the one, so maybe he'll do a, star, a good Star Wars this time, and I'm excited for that uh, to happen. Um <laughs> You know, I, I a lot of people hated his reboot of Star Trek, and and I've actually thoroughly enjoyed. You know, at least the two he did. I, I think that Star Trek Into Darkness got a little more flack than it deserved. I, I get it, but I, I still thought it was uh, overall entertaining. But the original was was a lot of fun. Um, lots of love for Chris Pine, obviously. But um, the first two that J.J. Abrams did, and you know, obviously Super Eight was a lot of fun. Uh, he did a good job with Mission uh, Impossible, the the Ghost Protocol. Um, or did, no, he did three. Excuse me. Uh, in any case, I'm a fan. I, I hope he does a, you know, a good Star Wars this time. And he did play it safe with uh, um, The Force Awakens. It was a perfectly fine film. Uh, it was a little overrated, in my opinion. But you know, it was it was perfectly acceptable as a movie. And hopefully he'll have a, a little more, or be a little more bold uh, this time around. So I'm excited to have him come back, long long story short. Dave, any thoughts? Uh Actually, I'm 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 pretty good with it as well. Just mainly, it's some of these other directors I was a little concerned about because I would prefer, and this is just my preference in in terms of having different directors in this type of um, franchise has not seemed to work too well for it. I mean, the if you look in the originals, what you had the first one was directed by George Lucas, I think. Am I correct? And then the second one, they had it. They brought in another director, and that one, you know, came out. We're not talking about prequels now. And then the third one, I forgot who came in for that one, but they, you know, they they, they played it well. But, I, you know, the way they're trying to swing this now, I, I don't. I'd almost rather Abrams, you know, open it and then close it on his own, just so that we get that almost full sense of like a a, a good storyline. It's not three different directors and three different stories that just have no coalition, uh, they don't coalesce. I'm, I'm actually not following. No, so it, it's really the the closeout on it. I much rather Abrams, they kind of like a, almost like a trilogy. No, I did, but so you're, you're saying that Return of the Jedi didn't close out the original trilogy 
or you felt there was a different feel from the director or it's it's yeah the, the, like the three all three movies had a different feel for him if you think about it there was no there was some you know correlation between them all but i just didn't feel like they were all in the same thing interesting i, I you know i i just i'm actually i'm I'm, fi- I'm good with the fact that abrams opens this the i'm gonna call it this trilogy and closes the trilogy just because you'll kind of get he, he'll he, you know you'll, you'll see his vision almost because i you know for what it was i enjoyed the force awakens other than in matt's case i was kind of upset with the the death star or the <laughs> whatever the planet sized death star at this point but Star Killer Other than, Base. I enjoy- Get the shit right. Star Killer Base. Fine. Death Star Part Three, which is a much worse name, by the way. <laughs> I don't know. Star. I, you don't think Death Star Part Three would be a good name for it? No, no. I'm saying Star Killer uh, Base is a terrible name. Yeah, but I, you know, I, I I'm not. I wouldn't be upset by the fact that he's going to do it because now we get to see his full vision of it. So we'll have this. Um, you know, the Last Jedi come in. We'll, we'll see this this director's uh, way of running it, and then now we get J.J. Abrams come in and kind of close it out. So, has and you know you actually that actually brings up an interesting point. Has Abrams actually done a lot of sequels to? I movies? mean, he did the sequel to Star Trek, which a lot of folks say is much worse than. The, but did the he first, did he actually so. direct that one, or did he yeah, just he yeah, produce he, it, write it? Okay, yeah. I didn't remember what happened with that. Uh, um, yeah, I think no, he, he not much else really. He no, he he did the third Mission Impossible. He kind of revitalized that franchise after John Woo kind of dubbed but, up the true, second. but not not his own. But sequel, he's though. not his own sequel of it. So like he'll revitalize it. Oh yeah, there was no Super uh, Nine. Yeah. <laughs> no, that'd be like super <laughs> that would <laughs> super thirty five millimeter maybe. Nice. Yeah. That was terrible. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go with it. Um, but no, you're, you're right. He's given yeah. a little grand opening, grand closing. Um, for for it, and uh, one one thing I want to throw out, and sorry to jump on you there, Peter. Um, no, that's right. Talking about you know Colin Trevorrow not no longer being involved, um, which you know probably is a good thing for the franchise, and that's that's fine. Um, but I do want to give him a little more credit for Jurassic World than he received, just because when I saw Jurassic World, it was the exact same thing to Jurassic Park as The Force Awakens was to A New Hope, and everybody adored the force awakens and just shat all over jurassic world now i will i will admit that jurassic i'm sorry um the force awakens had a little more heart um you know you kind of you, you kind of maybe cared a little bit more i think some of the characters they did a little better on a little be- better with um but in terms of just the overall like my take on the films uh they they were just on par for how they kind of were re rebooting the franchise and kind of paying homage at the same time and i I always thought that was an you know kind of a an interesting dismissal by you know fans versus the reaction that that force awakens got so i don't know if that was just me um but that's one thing so it's safer it's safer with jj abrams but i wanted to give trevor a little a little uh positive note now that he's out i i think that's i think that's fair and i I agree with you i actually like Jurassic World a lot more than I think other folks do uh, just because yeah it follows some of the same beats but it's a fun movie and again it's a summer blockbuster so for, for what yeah. it's worth I mean I think you get you get something good I, I mean I think there's a lot behind uh, Trevor O being off uh, you know it sounds like there's a lot behind the scenes I, I, I think probably the best thing out of this is and you kind of mentioned it Matt what's nice is that you get you know, J.J. Abrams kind of opened this back up to Star Wars and gave people, I think he gave a lot of people who had either never seen the originals or just had not revisited in years. You know, he gave them that 
the magic again. So it wasn't anything new and unique necessarily, but it kind of, you know, it had that same heart of the original movies. So that's a good thing. And then Brian Johnson, I've heard his movie episode eight is going to be vastly different, which given his past material, I have a feeling is going to be fantastic and it's going to give us a new, new edge to star Wars, which will be really great. And then Abrams coming back, I think that's probably the best way to follow up is that Ryan Johnson starts to take you in a new direction. And then you've got a great director in JJ Abrams to close up the series. And I'm sure, you know, he probably pitched a longer vision to, to Kathleen Kennedy and the Lucasfilm folks. So he probably has had an idea in his head ever since he started on where he wants to go. So I have a feeling this is going to be a great end, but, but yeah, I guess we'll, we'll see. And by the way, they actually announced uh, later on today that they're, pushing the release back of episode nine, seven more months. So it's going to be uh, another uh, December release, which, which will probably be good. Give them more time to make sure it's a, a good film. So, so yeah, I think uh, unless you guys have anything else, that's, that's really movie news for this week. Awesome. Awesome. I guess that means we can start to have a little conversation about some it freaky clown thing. I don't even know what it would be considered. <laughs> it's supernatural is what it's considered. So well, that's where I actually, that's actually a good, point we'll kind of bring up so did anyone did anyone actually read the book or i think peter's the only one that may have actually seen the the movie did anyone actually read the book or do the wikipedia or anything on it prior to it no i've i saw the miniseries years ago and i started i've been catching pieces of it this past week on skype, or no, skype <laughs> Spike, sorry. <laughs> that's interesting that you're, you're skyping I'm talking in. and that's watching just, things just, on that's skype just, that's just clown porn right there my friend you're just calling into some clown porn shit <laughs> So yeah, I uh, I've caught a couple pieces of it, but yeah, that's uh, not read the book though. <laughs> yeah. I from from what I read on the the Wikipedia entry on this, just to kind of gauge it, the comparison between the two, it was it's a little different in terms of time frame, but l- lots of different in certain aspects. But uh, are you talking about the book uh, or the original the original miniseries? The book, no, oh, the book, okay. the book. The book, like I know, I'm basing this off the Wikipedia entry, so you know, as we all know, you can't really use that for what it's worth. So, it's it seems somewhat similar in terms of it. There's a lot more detail in terms of that. So, obviously, from a book, you're going to get a little bit more detail, but it just seemed very um, um, odd. That's the way I'll go with it. I was just gonna say, there's two big changes to the book that I know. One is the book doesn't show you them being younger and then getting older. It shows kind of it jumps back and forth between them as kids and them as adults. So that's one kind of big, big change. And then the other part is, and we'll get into this later, but there's a lot more about the supernatural in the book than there is yeah. in the the movies or the, the original uh, miniseries. So, so Sean, let me, and no, Peter, I'm sorry. You saw the, you saw the original, correct? Indeed. No, that's what, yeah, we both did. That's okay. what we were talking about. They actually take that, they, they go the route of the adults jumping back and with as kids it goes a little bit back and forth. Like they each have like their own like. Just just to be clear, they're not uh, like teleporting back in time. The 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 story no, just story like, yeah okay. They're like having okay. flashbacks. Yeah, each 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 character they show is having a flashback of like how they, you know, how they came about as part of the Losers Club. So were there any? So there was very little supernatural kind of explanation behind it all in the in the original series or the original miniseries, correct? Uh, yes, there's, uh, so the book is, the book is Stephen King's lo- longest book. 
So, I mean, that tells you a lot about trying to adapt this material. I mean, there's a ton Damn. of meat to these. It's like a thousand pages, I think. Yeah. Wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's like, I remember it's a fat book. Like, it was the paperback versions were huge. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's huge. There's a lot of backstory that they add in there. Um, so, I mean, I think that's part of it. But, yeah, the, the miniseries gives you some hints to it. But, again, it's hard to say because the movie that we all, all saw covers kind of you know, it's part one, if you will, of the journey. And the miniseries is the entire part. It shows them, you know, as from kids to adults. So we haven't seen the adult part yet. It's very likely we could get more of the supernatural in the follow-up. Perhaps. And it, it based on what we're seeing from the uh, uh, the the records as things breaking in, the money it's raking in, it's it's more than, more than highly likely that we're going to get a second one for this. And if that's the case... I'm I'm not too upset about that fact. I mean, we'll we'll go in for initial thoughts real quick. So, what did y'all actually think of the movie without spoiling anything, getting too in depth to it? So now the 2017 version, um, how'd y'all think it was? What'd y'all think? I'll jump in here. I I really enjoyed it. I thought that they used a good formula that's worked with some things here recently, um, i.e., Stranger Things. You play a little bit of, uh, on nostalgia with a good story and some good acting and you can put together a good movie um so i I actually enjoyed this movie very very much so um what about you guys what about you matt i guess i'll go to matt you know i mean i was entertained i'm glad i'm glad i watched it um i have a few you know gripes uh overall with it and and we'll kind of jump jump into that as we get into spoilers i think um but uh you know i hadn't seen the original i was aware that i should be afraid of clowns because of everybody that had seen pennywise when i was a kid sorry seen pennywise in the <laughs> miniseries um so i never wanted to watch the original when i was a kid uh, and then i just kind of forgot about it being something i should watch and i think peter mentioned it kind of being worth seeing earlier this year and i just haven't had time and at this point i was kind of happy to see something that wasn't a 19 19- 90 uh, miniseries on TV <laughs> and see a fully produced uh, picture. And, you know, obviously the production quality was there, as, as Sean said. I think I think every aspect of it, they did a really good job. The acting uh, by all parties, the just overall kind of effects quality, uh, the directing and kind of the story they're telling, they, they, they put together a good picture that's worth seeing. Um, but I, I do still have some gripes. So I'm looking forward to a sequel. I'm surprised we don't have a cast yet. Um, you know, again, as, as Dave mentioned, the kind of the, the amount of money that it's making this weekend. And I think they expected it to do well. So, you know, sometimes you get news of a sequel before a movie even comes out uh, or who might be in talks to do something. So I'm looking forward to see who they cast for the sequel. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of... Uh, I was surprised in, in kind of two ways. I liked it more than I expected, and I was kind of disappointed in ways I didn't expect. So, yeah. What about you, Dave? So, real quick, Matt, um, they actually, I want to ask you this. They were actually expecting this to do really, really well? I, I think the, I think they noticed the hype, right? I, I think, you know, I'm not a big horror uh, movie goer, um, mm-hmm. especially not in terms of going to the, the theater to see it. I, I think they, I think they anticipated a good run. I don't think they expected it to beat Deadpool or beat a, a lot of like the, you know, the, the Annabelles and the other horror movies, especially yeah. the PG thirteen ones. Um, now I, I don't think it's beaten. It's, I don't think it's the top grossing uh, PG thirteen or you know horror movie of all time because there are the PG thirteen mm-hmm. ones that come out that you know you can get the high school students to go see without any issue. Yeah. Uh, but I think they did anticipate it doing well enough for a sequel. Now people might be slow 
to pull the trigger on movies because earlier this summer and the slow performance over the summer in general, you know, you had things like The Mummy, which I think we, we all discussed. We don't know what Universal is going to do with their dark universe anymore. So based on that, those kinds of performances, maybe studios are being a little hesitant. But I can't imagine the movie's that expensive to make versus something like The Mummy. So I, I did mm-hmm. expect them to have more documented for a sequel. But again, that's just conjecture. And obviously I was wrong on it. Just to go off of that, I, you know, overall, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I, you know, the, the, the 80s rehash that, you know, we were, we were talking about definitely was a big draw with the, the Stranger Things kind of coming out. So it has that bit of a nostalgia to you to it that, um, you know, kind of draws you in. Um, mainly because most of us grew up in that time frame. We were not as old as these kids in this particular thing, but we had those, you know, fond memories from that. So I think that's a big draw from that. And you also had the the idea that most of the people that went and saw this, because when I went, I don't know about y'all, but it was a fairly older crowd that was in there. Um, probably, like, most of the people I saw were maybe in their, their early 40s through, like, 60s. And there was the occasional younger group, which... Apparently they were scared in the movie, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, but you know, it, it it had that big draw, and I initially was not excited to go see this. I am not a big fan of scary movies. I frankly I was a little uh, upset that we were going to see it because I, I legitimately hate these kinds of movies. They do not do not sit well with me. But you know, I actually ended up enjoying the heck out of it. Laughed a lot more than I thought I would have. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit, but. Yeah, definitely, definitely one of those movies that I definitely recommend to go everybody to go see if uh, you enjoy a good, good little, good little nostalgia. Basically, a R-rated version of Stranger, Stranger Things is the best way to kind of put this uh, with a creepy clown. But on that, anybody recognize this hap- this director Andy Muschietti? If I pronounce that correct, did anybody ever see any of his films? Because I, I remember for me he was a breakout. I, yeah, yeah, I remember hearing a lot about Mama when it when it was coming out, but I, you know, that was coming into the movie. I never heard anything after the fact. Did anybody see Mama, by the way? Uh, that was with I'm gonna uh, guess Peter saw it. Jessica Chastain. Yeah, it, it's it's good. It's definitely worth. I, or maybe is it not Jack, Jessica Chastain? Wasn't no, it? Um, what's his face from Game of Thrones? I'm blanking on his name. Nicholas or Nickel? Oh God. Um, I think. Oh, right. uh, Coster Waldo. Yeah, yeah. Nikolai Coster Waldo. Yeah. yeah, and Jessica Chastain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I didn't see it, but I I read up on it. You are correct, Matt. I did see it. it. It's a good movie, and it's not surprising why they picked him because um, it's another R horror movie, and I definitely definitely worth it. You guys should go watch it. I think, obviously, Dave, you don't like horror movies, but it's it's fan. worth a watch. I, I will admit <laughs> that um, Jamie Lannister, just because it's a lot easier to say that than to say his uh, given name. Uh, <laughs> he's from Denmark. Uh, I, I really enjoy enjoy him as an actor, and I think I've primarily seen him in. Uh, obviously Game of Thrones, and he was not enough to get me to go see Gods of Egypt, though I probably will at some point. Um, but I, I, think, I think I might have to... Don't, don't. Uh, Please, for the love of God, don't. It's terrible. I, I'll, I'll admit, I'll probably see that before I see Baywatch. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recommend you you flip that. <laughs> you flip it on that one. But it's not too bad. It's not too bad. Gods of Egypt? I mean, it's bad, but it's not... You know, I, I talked about it before on here. It's, I know, it's, I couldn't you know, stand it. I it's could, popcorn I couldn't crap. It. Yeah, <laughs> all right, fair enough. It can't be as bad as the wall, but um, so you're saying see see Mama is what you're saying. I would, yeah, story. and to, yeah to to kind of answer yeah to answer Dave's question about anybody heard about Andy Machete. I mean, he's I would say from seeing Mama, good, definitely good choice of director. That is okay. 
Well, you know, I had never heard of him. Uh, mainly, and I'm assuming he does. I mean, I haven't looked him up, but does he do a lot of horrors other than Mama? I think Mama was his first movie, and I think it was actually a remake of a, a foreign film named Mama that he also directed. That he, so I was just gonna say, yeah. yeah. So it's it's kind of like you know they they got to redo it for the the English speakers out there. And, I mean, for for what it's worth, I mean that that seemed to do okay. Um, and obviously from it, he uh, he did a pretty good job. So we'll, we'll probably see more of him. It looks like um, they've already announced Chapter Two already. So. He'll, uh, he seems like he's got that one in the bag, too, so good for him. I felt as if that was, like, understood. Was, well, I mean, him actually right? getting the movie, though, to actually direct it. Or just, like, the movie, it, yeah. I guess, the movie being released, more yeah. or less. No, I, I I mean, they implied it, um, but I didn't know. But, I mean, a lot of movies imply a, a sequel, but based on the way things are going with this, they'd be, they don't, they'd be extremely foolish not to push forward. Well, this. I think that's more of, I was surprised, one, they didn't already have a cast lined up or have him signed on. I guess that's kind of the earlier ramblings that I was trying to get to, that's essentially what it was. Right now, the only person they have on IMDb for Chapter 2 is they apparently have the director already maybe signed to it, he's announced to it, but then, you know, obviously Pennywise with Bill Skarsgård, so I'm curious to see how this progresses. But uh, for initial thoughts, that's all I got, really. Uh, Peter, what you got on this? How'd How'd you like it? Yeah, I mean, I don't have too much more to say other than you guys. I mean, obviously... I saw the original miniseries and talked about it a while back and it was for me it was fun to go see something made with more than $10 that's uh, <laughs> worth going to see about it because again the the miniseries I think is worth it for the nostalgia and for the I mean the ridiculous ponytails that people sport and if you want to know what I'm talking about just go google some of the the actors and some screenshots there are some ridiculous 80s outfits or 90s outfits but um yeah, the the movie itself I think was great. The budget for this was like thirty five million dollars, which is amazing to see because to me you can't really tell. I mean, what's on screen is actually pretty impressive for that amount of money, uh, and the the acting is top notch. Even though you got a bunch of kids, so but that's because that's because kids are cheap. Indeed. Kids are very cheap. Indeed, kids are very cheap, but hard to work with apparently. Well, although you got the Stranger Things kid, I mean that kid's got to be pulling in bank by now. At least way more than me, that's for sure. I mean, at least for the second season of Stranger Things, oh. I think those kids are getting paid. Yeah, but I mean, overall, I really enjoyed it. And I, I think to Matt's point, I had one or two gripes kind of going in or coming out of the movie. But I was not displeased. I liked the way that, I mean, I don't think it's a spoiler for everybody. And we've even already mentioned it, that there's going to be a sequel to this. And I think they left it in a good place, kind of knowing where it's going to go from seeing the original miniseries, or at least knowing uh, where it's going to end up. Um, But yeah, it's, it will be, it'll be interesting to see how they do the casting because to your, to your point, Matt, I think you said before we started recording there, there's definitely a way you could look at some of these kid actors and see who could play them, you know, what adults could play them in, in chapter two. But it's also will be interesting what they decide to do with chapter two, because the book itself kind of goes in some very interesting supernatural ways. So I don't know if they'll touch those things. I don't know if they're going to keep it more um, more laid back or low key comparatively. But regardless, I'm really interested to see what happens. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it more. All right. So I guess we've kind of really touched on just the initial, um, I guess, our initial thoughts without spoilers. So I think we're good to kind of move into a spoilers thing, uh, time frame. So how, how did y'all, um, what were y'all's pros about this movie in particular? Um, what, uh, 
what was your biggest thing about what what, what was the big draw for it? I, I know from my personal opinion, and you know, it was it was definitely, and I think we've all discussed this amongst ourselves with text message and everything. It was definitely the, the banter uh, going on. Um, the uh, the kid from kid from uh, Stranger Things truly, uh, you know, as I said earlier, I was a little concerned about going this because I hate scary movies for some reason. I'm a, just a big wuss. Um, but he brought it to the point where I could actually sit and watch it. I was actually laughing more than I was scared in this particular movie, which was kind of kind of disappointing in a way because most of the and I don't know if y'all thought this most of the the jump out scary parts were already you know shown in the previews more or less. I think there was literally one spot uh, the scene in the garage where um, the the three it looked if this movie was in three D I think that probably would have been a great scene. But that one particular scene was basically the only time I was ever kind of like, "Oh crap!" That was that's kind of maybe jump a little bit, but not much. Um, but yeah, most of it was overall. That was my favorite part about it. I thought I enjoyed. I will say this: I enjoyed um, Peter Skarsgård's uh, rendition. That very first scene with the with uh, the little kid. And I'm blanking on his name, Georgie, where he actually did it. Now I think apparently that was a remake of the original one. Is that correct? That one, the scene with the um, the little boat. Yeah, yeah. They that scene was in the, uh, the yeah. So, on so ABC. I thought this one. So I did actually watch the. I think I watched the YouTube of it. So that's why I was saying uh, of that particular. I wasn't really sure if that was the original or not, but um, I saw the YouTube version of it and or ver- uh, just that five minute scene, and I really really enjoyed the the newer one. Just from the the creepiness, he was kind of. You know, Pennywise was kind of funny and kind of creepy and kind of like innocent, sort of. But then, like, he could just turn it into real creepy. Like, I, I was drawn in by it. I don't know why. It was very, I thoroughly enjoyed that five minute scene that that occurred. And you know, how he ends up uh, killing poor, poor poor Georgie was a uh, little 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 creepy, but little poor kid. But eh, it happens. The one thing that I'll say like that I really enjoyed David about that was the uh they like they show deaths on the uh like they actually see what happens like in the movie like on the miniseries it would always just cut away and you would just hear like a scream and assume something happened. So you got to got to love some uh some violence. Yeah, that was in the a, that was a pretty pretty uh um, pretty violent uh opening scene if you if you want to think so about it. Not not to be dis- dissenting on this one, it was graphic, but I didn't think it was especially violent. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, and I feel like that was actually the only death by Pennywise, since we're in spoilers. So I, I get your point, and I, I'm glad they showed it. But unless I'm mistaken, I could be I could be blanking on a, on a death. There were there were missing, shown death. There were there were people missing, but that was the only death of a character that we were following they had the the one kid in the no there was the the bully but that was a that wasn't but that wasn't from pennywise yeah yeah no they, that was, he was the behind the balloon when it popped oh the other you're them. right you're right okay yeah. so there was yeah the bully right. yeah, yeah. That, but that's it no i agree with you, you you're, you're not wrong i'm just saying i think there was only one other spot yeah. that you're in that particular spot thing no i agree with you he was not really good at killing kids apparently did anyone else think it was extremely effed up when he was carving his name it was henry carving his name into that little fat kid like i thought there were gonna be some like 1980s bullying but like they took it to another freaking level with that with that shit did anyone else like really disturbed by that this movie did a great job of just showing the most terrible people in the human race i mean you've got the parents are terrible the bullies are terrible i mean it, it just kind of highlights how 
how sick humanity can get. So yeah, I'm totally yeah. with you, Dave. I mean, that, that scene was disturbing and we'll probably talk about it later, but, um, Bev's dad, those scenes were yeah. just very wrong. Um, it, it was almost worse than Pennywise in a lot of ways. Yeah, I agree. Cause you had, what's her, the, the pharmacist was hitting on the, on the girl when she kind of flirted with him and he was like all about it. Um, that was a, that was just an overly, that was an overly creepily scene. I don't know. It was. I think the the only one that seemed like a normal type of bullying was the was the girls how they were bullying uh, Bev, and then how she bullied uh, the kid with the broken arm. But yeah, like that was really the only bullying that I would have considered from the nineteen eighties movies that were nice nostalgia. But man, they they definitely kicked it up a notch in terms of bullying and like effed up like uh, families in this particular movie. So, so I mean, we'll get back to some of the more positive things in a, in a second here. But just on this on this topic. The bully was absolutely psychotic, and I, I think that's one thing that it was almost too much that it was a little far-fetched for me, for him to be that much of a psychopath, um, especially the carving into the person. I, I'm sure yeah. that has happened, unfortunately, because there are psychopaths, but to, to yeah. it all happening here, and, and it was just a little too too all confined to this group of people that, you know, it, it felt a little much. I think they went a little too big on that. Um, I'm glad that he, you know, got what was coming to him um in the way that he did but a little too much there the other stuff was definitely creepier than um than pennywise though the parents being creepy and obviously bev's dad um and just some of the general interactions throughout the town by some of the parents and it's that psychological stuff that was more messed up than the actual Mm -hmm. um uh pennywise and you know that's really why it was rated R in my mind. <laughs> Obviously, they did show a lot of blood and stuff, and and not all of that was necessarily gore related, but uh, the the psychological and just overall like uncomfortable and just awful implications majority through the movie were just yeah yeah. And so th- th- that type of stuff is always is kind of you know it's horrible to think about because obviously it's horrible that it's it's does happen, uh, but it's always you know it, it's a oh it was definitely rough watching all that. But the bully was just too much. It was too big. Carving, unacceptable. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that. I, I somewhat agree with. I somewhat agree with you guys on that. I mean, like the that real that that's definitely scarier than the psych, the supernatural for me is the actual. But uh, the one thing I wanted to mention was that did you guys think that the bully died? Like I don't think he died. I, like I I understand the story is that he's. Like the story is that he was doing the bidding of uh, Pennywise, and that he he ends up. I I read a thing where he ends up basically getting arrested. Like in the in the book, he gets arrested for uh, after the whole like all the killings. Like they basically pin it all on him, and that that's what keeps Pennywise alive. Is that no one understands the supernatural part of it because they find a an actual like a a real killer. He's like the Jamie Foxx to uh, Tom Cruise and collateral. I get that. But just to throw that out there, that was a <laughs> spoiler for the book for, that was probably going to come out in chapter two if it's applicable. So you're kind of an ass hat. Oh, well, it's I not mean, part of the, it's not, not part of the movie, but um, <laughs> I mean, he fell like a hundred, like well, he, I think, he fell at I least think Sean's feet. implying that Pennywise could have saved him, but either way, even if he fell through, fell down a well and survived, he's, I don't know that that's a spoiler because of the fact that I don't know what they're going to include. <laughs> In the uh, in the chapter two, I'm gonna jo- I'm gonna drop some Fantastic Beast spoilers on you that I don't know that they're gonna include. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna start uh, spoiling every movie for Matt now. <laughs> you better get there before Thursday night. 
Because Sean's got nothing better to do with his life other than going to movies and spoiling for us all. Apparently. Not a bad, not a bad, not a bad life though. Yeah. Not a bad life to be honest with you. I mean, I haven't gotten five in one week though. All right, so all right, so sucker. <laughs> <laughs> you just jealous? Yeah. We actually are. That's a lot of free time, and frankly, I'm I'm a little. I wish I had that much free time. But anyway, so um, back to the back to the, the good things about this movie. I know it kind of took us on a dark side on that one, so I apologize on that tangent. But no, uh, I'm glad we got so that out the of the way. Let's move. Let's move. You got the darkness out of you. Yeah. Moving past. Moving past. All right. So, what were the good things y'all liked about this movie? Well, I like the storyline with the new kid, the Ben. The Ben, like the new guy that, and his interaction with like sort of the secret admirer of Bev. That she sort of like that whole like triangular relationship where she thinks that Bill is doing all these things, yet it's Ben that's doing them, and. Then like their their little like inside joke with the new kids on the block shit was hilarious. That was actually uh, great. Like he's like, "Oh, what are you listening to?" Like, "Oh, the right stuff." <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that like that storyline to me, I thought was pretty cool, uh, pretty interesting. You know, for for the new kid, I'm sure like that's that I never had to go through that. But you know, kids are mean. Going through like on on your going through it on your own is tough. So yeah, that was in, in, interesting to me, I guess. But um, what about you guys? What else did you guys like? Well, well on that note, real quick, sorry. Did, did y'all feel bad for that kid? I mean, how the the movie ended up ending on that? Because I was actually hoping. No, he's um, fat. Who cares? Oh, <laughs> I was hope I was hoping Bev was gonna like like him at the end, even even with the the kiss that released her, which is, still blows my mind. I understand. Well, you, you still have you still have part two. You can see what Let's happens. Let's hope. Let's he could, hope, he could pull uh, a Jerry O'Connell and become fit when he's older, and then she could go for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then he could just become John Stamos. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, if he becomes well, John Stamos, then he'll lose her. But, um, no, no, then he loses no, her. No, talking yeah. about Bill can become John Stamos. Oh, no. poor, poor Bill. I, hope, I think Bill Actually, would, who would not John want Stamos. to be That guy's. That guy's. Yeah, say, John Stamos. Be, be perfect, okay, <laughs> That's a beautiful man. That was the most accurate portrayal, portrayal in Step Brothers. Is... <laughs> but, yeah, the... but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, took us on with a tangent there. But yeah. Um, Matt, what were you saying? Sorry, were you? I don't think we even got on a tangent. I think we we're just talking about exactly what, what Sean brought up, <laughs> and you shared yeah, your and bad. you shared your and you shared your opinion. Um, <laughs> my apologies. <laughs> Dave's opinions are always tangents now. Uh, well, I assume they always I, are. Frankly, that's, that's an accurate. <laughs> but I actually, I mean, it would have been too much if, if she had she had gone for him, um, and I'm glad that Sean appreciated appreciated the the adolescent. Uh, uh, relationships, um, you know, see, seeing the feeling bad for the kid, but but uh, kind of just liking that triangle, understanding his place in life. Is that he's, what he's got? He's got to learn it. Yeah, yeah. He's got. He's going to end up on Tinder in twenty years, and he's going to have to swipe, swipe right on some ogos to get some action. Um, <laughs> wow! <laughs> this is where the root of all wow. this evil comes from. <laughs> Man. I feel like Matt doesn't like this storyline because it might hit home, hit too home. Is, no, I was actually gonna, I was actually gonna, I was actually gonna ask if it uh, if it hit home for you. Is that why you is that why you liked it so much? Um, oh, but oh, I just liked it because the new kids on the block. Who am I kidding? Yeah, no. <laughs> Who doesn't love new kids on the block? Come on. I, I am glad that that you know it, it didn't go with that because that would have been too cheesy. Because that's just unbelievable. Kids are more superficial than adults, so that would have made zero sense. Um, and she clearly already liked the kid, so it would have been weird. If she just kind of disregarded, you know, she liked Billy. So it would have been weird if she disregarded that just because of some poorly written poem. Um, hey, man, apparently that poem was well. 
I mean, oh I'm no, the, the poems probably. Oh, apparently I'm sorry. The, I meant the handwriting. The poems probably. Fine. I'm not. A, I'm not a connoisseur. Oh. <laughs> um, but I, uh, in terms of just what you said though, Dave. In terms of what was good, the, the the banter was phenomenal. And I think the best reason for it to be an R-rating R-rated movie was just have realistic banter between friends, because uh, that that was spot on. And that was a good, you know, that was a good thing between you know, for what, between the friends on Stranger Things that we saw, but this kind of just took it to another level uh, in terms of the kind of uh, bashing that you do to your friends uh, mm. growing up. Um, if you if you didn't do that when you were growing up, you're a better person than me, but we absolutely would relentlessly, <laughs> we would relentlessly talk shit and, and, and joke. Um, not, not as heavy on the mom jokes, um, but they're, you know, definitely there. That, um, that was a graphic mom joke. There was, yeah. <laughs> that was um, graphic. And and a few jokes about flow that maybe we wouldn't we wouldn't have hit on, but uh, still still right on par with with the type of bashing we would do. And so that was kind of nice to see. Uh, just kind of in terms of the, it felt natural and realistic for the friends. And so good job on those kids and the parents for letting them swear on TV. But uh, so th- so that was literally my favorite part, and that that kind of goes hand in hand with just the general production value. And, you know, as, as Peter mentioned, 35 million is not a lot of money, but they clearly used it wisely. Um, Indeed. The kids that they cast were, were phenomenal. And, you know, it's, it's not, it, you know, we take for granted sometimes uh, when kid actors are doing a great job and uh, with stranger things and this, and I think a few other things that we've had in the past few years, they're doing a great job casting kids, so it's a great improvement versus things we saw in the early 2000s and 90s. Nothing against the kids that were, we were seeing back then, and it might have been the, the source material, um, but I think we're in a good a good stage where we're able to see these stories where you have kid main main characters, and you don't have to, you know, you don't have to hear about metachlorians and pod racing and think what the fuck is going on right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know it, it all comes back to star always, wars it's, i love how what he's trying to say is that like good wars. directing can go a long way <laughs> in in good summary, casting can go a good way summary, too. Yeah. <laughs> so they they just said the production was was all there and if for that reason alone if you want to see a well done picture this, this is definitely a good way to go i mean it was i mean if you think about it it was a very if you took the horror out of it it was like a good classic 80s coming of age kind of film in the terms of like the banter that would happen so I was kind of like reminiscent of like the shit talking that they would do like in um, a little bit in the Goonies, not not as not as graphic, but like they just mess with each other the entire time. It's that's a normal that's a normal group of like four or five guys growing up is just the nonstop harassment. And you know, Matt, you said it, I said it, and and that was to me the and agreed it was the best part about this because it it took you you didn't feel like you were in a horror movie in those scenes. You know what I mean? You felt like you were in just like a good coming of age kind of movie, and then all of a sudden, this clown and you know the horror would show up, and it would kind of throw you back into it. So it was kind of an interesting dynamic, I thought, in that in that aspect. I think my favorite part, honestly, was uh, Bill Skarsgård playing Pennywise. I was a huge fan of kind of his take, and I think Dave, you kind of mentioned the the first scene. There's just something super creepy about his delivery. I mean, he's and this is a, a subtle touch and I don't know if you guys picked up on it, but as he's talking, like he's drooling and it's, it's almost, it kind of throws you off. And as you watch the scene, at least for me, you're, you're trying to catch, you know, is he actually, is he drooling as he talks? Is he, you know, and why is he doing this? And then you just realize that this, whatever this thing, it creature is, is just 
out of this world. And I think he continues to kind of embody that throughout the movie. Um, I mean, no offense to Tim Curry. I think he did. He is pretty creepy. If you watch the original, he's, he's pretty creepy. I mean, he's, he's campy and he laughs a lot and tells bad jokes and, you know, the, the production quality is pretty poor in that which, but that's what you're going to get with an ABC miniseries. Uh, but I mean, Skarsgård just does a great job. And what I think probably made it better is, I don't know. Did you guys see some of the, the very first photos of him in, as, as uh, Pennywise when the movie was first, you know, started shooting? Did you guys see any of those first shots? No, they were pretty polarizing. I think anybody who had had any nostalgia for the original miniseries or who had any visions of what Pennywise looked like when they first saw the photos, there was a lot of, there's a lot of uproar about it because they, first of all, they were terrible photos. They made him look mm-hmm. really weird because he, yeah. he does look weird. If you look at him out of context, I mean, his head is ginormous and his, yeah. <laughs> his he's got like the 1950s clown outfit. So if you weren't looking at him in the film, if you're looking at him in the still, he does look really funny. Um, but wow, did he really come across well in the movie? And he's, he's legitimately scary. I don't think the movie itself is that scary, but, mm-hmm. uh, there are some, there are some great subtle jump scares in, in this movie. And there are a few scenes that I think he kind of, you know, blows away and he, and he's really not in the movie too much either. So he, he makes an, a lasting impact for the minimal amount of screen time he ends up having. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I really thought he did a great job and I'm, I'm curious to see how it works in, uh, in part two. Yeah. The, um, I, like you said, like it's, it's, it didn't, he had a couple good ones and I felt like, I mean, total time he was probably in this movie was, was pretty minimal. I mean, until the very, very end, if, um, if y'all think about it, but like it for the, and you, like you said, the little bit of time he was in there, it was, it was, it was all spot on. He was creepy other than, and and this is kind of where the the the, the negatives that I kind of came out on this that were that kind of bothered me was kind of when they did the the scene where they first went into the house and they were fighting him. Some of it was very just kind of campy for me. I, I don't know if y'all got that opinion on it. Just the 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 running at the people or the the dancing he would do. It was just it just was a little weird. I think if he he would have just kind of walked and like kind of stalked him and kind of creeped on him a little bit, just kind of stood with his you know arms down and just kind of looked over him and kind of did that uh like look down he would always do i thought that was creepy as hell and that would have scared the hell out of me but the the flitting and the the weird stuff he would do just kind of took me out of it for me i don't know it just it went too campy for me did y'all get that same impression on some of those scenes is there a specific one you're thinking uh, of? we're the, in spoilers now but yeah the like the scene when he first comes out of the i'm thinking the, the refrigerator portion uh bothered me Oh, when he um, spins himself around? Like yeah, it just... It, you that, didn't like that? No, I did not like... I was just like, this is just not creepy. I'm like, this is just goofy. Oh, the the one that really bothered me was when he was dancing. Um, <laughs> at the very end? Yeah, at the very end title. of the fire. He's Pennywise, yeah, he's Pennywise the Dancing, dancing Clown. clown. <laughs> Wait, my... But the fire... I was just like, I don't know what they were trying to do with that. And I was like, this is just weird. I, I, I didn't... I, it just... It, it took me out. I, I don't know why. But he was just creepy... In the and it may have just been that I didn't like his his particular clown costume. That might have been it. I, I mean, his fifties or whatever that year costume it was just kind of. I, I was not the biggest fan of it for some reason. I just liked it when it was just kind of like his headshots and stuff for some reason. So, so Dave, on, on that, I think I think part of it, I, I'm with you on it, and and I think part of it is is literally that all of that stuff. If you put yourself in the kid's shoes, it's creepy as shit to be 
that terrified to have somebody be acting so strangely or quirky or just unpredictably. But as the audience, it, it wasn't really creepy or you didn't really get that sense of tension in yeah. those scenes, at least, at least in, in my opinion. And so I, I think, I think I'm with you on that. Um, and I, I think Bill did a great job as the character, but I don't know that I was, I expected to be more terrified of the clown. And I think, it, I, I don't know, we, we want to get into it now, but you guys mentioned how much you enjoyed that opening scene. And, and I think them showing the, the mouth so early on kind of ruined some of the suspense for me because I didn't know what the clown did, right? And so obviously we, we see some fears. Um, you know, he, he plays the fears to get you, you know, so he can eat, feast on your fears. Um, so uh, you, you, we see some zombies and a few other things that creep, you know, that, that kind of do the jump scares and things like that. But overall, Pennywise the clown, we kind of, we saw the mouth in the first five minutes. And I, I don't know, I, I think that kind of, it was almost like they played the hand too early. And if I didn't know what Pennywise did, and again, to Sean's point, it is cool that we saw the death. Um, but uh, not that death's cool, but I mean, a lot of movies, you just hear the scream and you don't really see what's happening. But I think part of the reason that's nice is that you don't know what's what to expect. And so at that point, yeah. we knew. So if he wasn't opening his mouth, you didn't really have much to fear. So if he's just dancing around, well, unless his mouth comes out his foot this time. Um, his, <laughs> it could. It, right, it, it, but... It, it, so I think I'm I, I am with you with that, Matt, because uh, in the original and, and that's Dave, I think you mentioned you like the the opening shot of this more than the original. Um, and yeah, I liked the opening of this. I like the Bill Skarsgård's kind of portrayal. But I'm with you, Matt. The, the part that I did not like is there's a big difference between the two, which is in the original uh, Pennywise at the end of it kind of, you know, He's he's about to attack Georgie and then the scene stops. So you really don't know what's going to happen. And he's you don't get enough of it to really understand is he gonna is he gonna eat him? Is he gonna just grab him? Is he gonna yeah. you know, is is Georgie gonna show up at the end of the movie? You really don't know. And in this one, they did give too much of that away by showing him bite his arm off. And granted that's kind of a creepy scene, but I think I'm with you, Matt, that went a little too far and it does take away a bit of the mystery because uh, you know, there's the very end of the movie and I think we're in spoilers anyway, but there's the very end of the movie where Bill is about to, you know, shoot the piston through Georgie's head and he does it. And there is a, there's a moment there where you think, oh, maybe Georgie was actually still alive, but <laughs> because you saw him basically get mauled by Pennywise and everything else, it, it took away that mystery because if you had never seen that scene in whole and you'd never seen the mouth and seen him eat him you, you i think that would have been more of a unknown and i think they kind of they screwed the pooch i agree that. i think that's a great call out they they did a great job even knowing that it couldn't be him because he didn't have he had both limbs uh both arms uh four limbs uh if that if that wasn't <laughs> the case you would have thought a little bit longer like oh shoot did he just kill his brother kill his brother yeah um, mm-hmm. and just to just to harp on it a little bit more um, based on the way that mouth, you know, was formed, which is creepy, all those teeth, um, super uncool. Um, the way that he bit the arm off didn't really make sense to me. I, I'm not exactly a forensic, you know. Oh, Matt, that's, that I'm me. glad you brought that up. It, it, the arm came off Wait, really. Explain they, this? The arm came off like really cleanly. It's too clean. And yeah, yeah. The, yeah. With that amount of teeth, oh. it would have been a rip. And I, it, I think that's where the 35 million showed. 
I think that was one of the one scenes that I had kind that of same thought for real though. Ma- maybe that yeah. I didn't I didn't think of it as from a monetary perspective, but that probably what it was. <laughs> but yeah, because I, I, I didn't think it looked campy. It looked like they executed it well. It's just they yeah. executed something that didn't logically fit with the mouth that you were seeing. Yeah. So it, it could have been that yep. they ran out of budget and they were just like, I just lop it off when they're in post. So who knows? I mean, it had, it had some like, it, I mean, it wasn't like as, as stringy you would imagine, but it, it was not like a, like a knife cut. It had some, you know, meatiness look to it. So I, I agree with you <laughs> there right, on you, that. You can, um, you but, can you run know, some I, arm severing tests and you can show us what they can look like, but I do not think that's an accurate portrayal. Let's go to the lab. So interesting. Like, so we keep talking about that scene and, I had an interest, like a thought about it that when I when I when it first popped up when he actually bit the arm off, I was like, I wasn't upset by it. I was like, oh shit! So this is how this movie is going to start off. So I can only imagine how the rest of this movie is going to go. That's the thought that popped in my head. Not they revealed too much at the, at that particular uh, moment. I agree with you though. Like you know, after seeing the whole movie, I agree with you. I would have preferred if they didn't had um, didn't at this time. I mean, didn't show it in the first five minutes. But at the time, I was like, oh man. If this is how that first scene's gonna go, I can't wait to see what the rest of this thing's gonna go because it just like you know the first couple minutes you were you got that you got the first intro his first kill and that means the whole movie's open for whatever he's gonna do so I was I'm a little I'm a little indifferent on it in in terms of or a little different opinion on at the initial thought but I do agree with you I kind of wish they now had, you know hindsight being 2020 held off on it a little bit longer just to keep that suspense going. I do want to throw out one one other gripe um, and, and see if you guys kind of felt the same. I thought this the pacing at the beginning of the movie was kind of it was kind of monotonous in that I know they were setting up they were setting up the characters and setting up the story, but to me it felt like we jumped from terrible scene to terrifying scene to terrifying scene with each of the kids, and and by I think the third or fourth one it just started to get old, right? Because they they had to show that. Uh, Pennywise was tormenting each of the main characters and they had to show that, you know, there's some supernatural elements. But to me, it didn't feel like the movie really got into any plot. It felt like we went through 20 or 30 minutes of just, um, you know, horror scene or, or, you know what I mean? Did anybody else Co- pick up on that? Completely agree. A- yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on that one. And by the time we got to the end, none of those really had any payoff because I forgot them. Uh, yeah. A few of the kids said they saw him except for the guy that wasn't a virgin, which was awesome. Um, but, you know, at that point, I was like, no, you guys, you didn't see the clown. What are you talking about? Or I was like, oh, no, they actually didn't show us a few. And I was like, no, wait, they did show us everybody. I just forgot about yours because it's been an hour and that was no payoff. Yeah. Uh, particularly the guy yeah. with the painting. And there's no reason not to reference the things that were scaring, you know, like finding out what their fears are. But jumping between each character to show every their interaction without payoff later on, I, I thought was, as you said, just, it was really slow for the pacing and it could have been done much more efficiently. The guy, the kid's scared of the poster. That's fine. That the, the painting can scare him later. We don't need to see the painting scare him now because the, I forgot. I, I personally forgot about it. So I, I think there's a few of that. Obviously the girl one, that was a much more involved type of scene and kind of had more to the plot, but it, jumping to everybody was, was far too much. I think you're totally spot on. That's, and I think that's probably the best example, right? Because you had, um, you know, Bill, Bill, you understand because you get Georgie in the scene and Georgie kind of kicks the movie off. So that one's, that one's reasonable. Uh, Bev again is that's a classic scene. And that's one that I think they, if they didn't throw in, they would be doing themselves a disservice. Uh, Stan's scene, which is the, the painting scene 
you're exactly right. There's absolutely no tie-in between this creepy painting lady and anything else in the movie other than her popping up at the very end, which again, you know, I think if you never showed her even at the end, you'd be fine. It doesn't add anything <laughs> yeah. to the movie. And even even Ben's scene in the library where he gets chased by this kind of headless burnt up victim is another one where kind of wasn't needed i mean i think if you just showed the uh, balloon floating through that would have been in itself creepy enough and you know the balloon and the the music and the laughter but yeah i'm kind of with you it was it was weird and by the way in case you guys didn't realize the the kid that played stanley is uh young peter quill from the original guardians yep i saw that yeah yep I, I I spent half the movie trying to figure out who the hell he was, and then I and then it clicked at the very end. I went, oh, that's so. Who if it you is. guys are wondering, Chris Pratt's going to play his character in uh, Chapter Two. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fantastic? Though? That would be hilarious. If, if Chris Pratt wasn't so awesome and, and expensive, that would be fantastic. Yeah, you, you make a you make a joke about that. Somebody was actually saying uh, they're pushing for him to play older Ben in the next movie. So really? Fat Ben turns into Chris Pratt, which, what do you know? I mean, Chris Pratt used to be fat guy on Parks and Rec, <laughs> and then, you know, so hey, yeah. why not? I think I think maybe if you went with, uh, oh God, I'm blanking out on, uh, what's this? Re- Re- Rebecca Remains, uh, now Jer- husband. Jerry O'Connell. I'm blanking on his name right now. Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, I think dude. that would be a nice little nice little push to, he was the fat kid, now he's Jerry O'Connell. So You're I think in love with Jerry O'Connell, my friend. Dude, did you not watch Sliders? When's the last time Jerry O'Connell was in something? I can't even remember. It doesn't matter. Well, he was in Rebecca Romaine. Buzzing. High five, Matt. High five, Matt. (laughs) Uh, Well, officially, we've now talked about him uh, multiple times. So I thought you were going to say penetration. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I was waiting to hear the virgin comment based on uh, what's this. So actually, you know, that actually you brought that up, Matt. I was kind of curious as to why he hadn't actually, um, I guess, origin or fear that – Pennywise I think did. the only I think the only reason was one to facilitate the 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 you know the friend that always implies he has sex all the time even though he his balls probably haven't dropped but more so he might have been filming um, season two of Stranger Things and they just didn't have enough time with him because I'm sure whoever was making this movie really wanted to make sure we saw everybody's run in with Pennywise so they actually probably yeah. left the cutting room floor saying man I, I really think it would have been a lot better if we could have had him see pennywise earlier it's a shame we couldn't keep the kid but the virgin the virgin comment if if they made if they literally left it out just for that one virgin um line i'm actually okay with it like i i thought that was a well-delivered line that i was just like this is because he just kept it, hitting it, it was every single it was one perfect it. but he was also you could see that he was also the kid that would have pretended to not exactly that's so the he best would have part. said that anyways that was... even if you even if you saw him see pennywise oh is what i, I, I guess is saying. what i'm throwing okay. out there yeah i see what you're saying um but yeah his his comments my god it was just that was just spot on i was i was in almost in tears in certain scenes when he would just throw out comments it was it was that's why it was a little hard to find this was a scary movie because i was laughing too much during the movie um yeah i was laughing at the girl in front of me because she was that like that raw emotion of some girl just actually screaming when shit happens so Uh, okay that's the best part about horror movies and theaters so the the scene where um uh, Bev actually, I, I'm guessing she kills her father. Um, I'm assuming that with the amount of blood when she just basically kills him and then turns around and Pennywise grabs her. The entire audience lost their shit in my theater. Like, thought it was the scariest thing in the world. And I'm like, did y'all not see this? I'm literally, like, didn't even pop up. I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense now. Like, he did it. And 
I, I, did y'all jump at that scene out of curiosity? I jumped at other scenes, but that one did not scare me. So out. I'm a, I'm a pansy like you, Dave, and um, I, that that <laughs> didn't get me. I was so relieved that we didn't have to deal with that dad anymore. That everything after that was just fucking. <sighs> you were like, all right, it's like we're that cool, nervous, man. like that uncomfortable, <laughs> like it's, it's uncomfortable like, right. seeing that. <laughs> exactly. It, it was like that. It was like that scene, and uh, you know, it was like the the movie uh, Meet the Parents, but like so much more uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it's funny. The only scene that actually made me really jump was the, uh, the when the the projector the projector fell on the floor and he kind of like came out of it and it, it was doing that strobing and he kept getting getting bigger and getting closer. That actually kind of freaked me out a little bit when it started. Actually, like, that was a great scene too. I oh like, was, with the terms oh, of like just the way they used the slides is like to 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 reveal show him, him. yeah yep. to reveal yeah. Pennywise was awesome. So. I I thought that was a well done scene too, but I always have a problem when characters get that big because it it, it still always looks like that giant um, alien um, girl from Dude Where's My Car at the end of that, um, <laughs> and the kid's like, "I want to ride that ride, Daddy," and the dad's like, "Me too, son." And uh, <laughs> but what a reference! <laughs> so I, I have I have this bias against giant um, proportional people because of that movie, because uh, Jesus so. man. Giantist, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I do want to bring up something that we used to harp on all the time, and we haven't in a while, which is the spoilerage of trailers. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but almost all the big, uh, yeah, you know, big yeah. key landmark scenes were all in the trailers. So the the film scene was in there, the sync scene was in there. I can't think of a major scene that was not in a trailer. And this one, I I really am starting to get to the point where I might start swearing off trailers. I think it might help with the enjoyment of some of these movies. You've, uh, lit- you've literally said that for the past like six podcasts. I think you need to implement I know. it. Because you keep I saying it. I'm, I'm like, it. he's going to do it, man. It's gonna, he's like, it's, I'm going to start that diet. I'm starting that diet. I'm doing it next week. Just one right, more. Just one more. It's happening. All right. This is it. Sand it or line in the sand. Starting today. No trailers for at least the next, I'll say three months. I'll see how three months goes. Do we have anything coming out that, uh, uh I mean, oh, damn it. Thor. That means Star Wars. Son of a... <laughs> Man, now I already want to go back on that, that pledge. At least Star Wars hasn't released any trailers. But, but three oh, months will, will mean I will yeah. not be able to see any of the trailers before the movie. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to do it, guys. I said it. I'm going to do it. Let's see. Let's see what they got that you might be intrigued by. I'm getting uh, Blade Runner. Oh, the My yeah. Little Pony movie. Oh, you man. know you want to see that. If I miss that trailer, I'm going to be dead. My Little Pony. My little... <laughs> what the shit? Uh, Peter's got a daughter. He's going to have to see that movie. Oh, yeah. He's going. Well, only if it's good because she won't be able to appreciate it for the next two years. Yeah. So if it's good, that means I'll have to watch it then. But if it's terrible, well, you'll, you'll be able to find it. Her. No, she won't even know about that movie existing. If, if, exactly. she's, if she's watching old movies, you're throwing her, you're showing her the kid, the stuff you watched. She's either seeing stuff that's contemporary for her or the classics for you. You don't have to give her contempt, you know, movies from when neither of you cared about them. Now, mind you, like now there's always the possibility that he is actually a brony himself. And he's just going to use his daughter as a reason to actually go see it. So oh, there, I'm going to for sure. I don't, even, do that. I don't even like to acknowledge that that word is something that we all know. <laughs> I I don't know that word, but I'm I am happy to say that word because it. it's so creepy. I, I can't go, I can't not appreciate go. the fact that Peter's going to be our our child movie correspondent <laughs> in the next couple of months in probably a year. I bet you guys can't wait. <laughs> Let's go to our child movie correspondent, Peter. How is how is Chipmunk sixteen? 
I was just going to oh, say, every, every week on what I've been watching, it's going to be like, uh, Dora the Explorer, episode 37. <laughs> For the 17th time. Yeah, he'll get to see more Jason yeah. Lee than the rest of us. So I will, I will <laughs> envy him on that. Oh, God. I'm going to know all the Frozen songs. It's going to be terrible. Yeah. Wait, wait. How is that terrible? You don't, do you not, do you not want to build a snowman? All right. So I already know the songs, guys, but I was just trying to pretend like I wasn't. Stop using your daughter's right? excuse. We, now we know you're a brony. It's a simple fact. We know you're a brony. Do y'all really have any more y'all need to discuss on this? So overall, you know, overall final thoughts on this. So, uh, Sean, why don't you start us off real quick? Yeah, I think the movie overall was great. It was good, good, uh, break from the, the monotony that is nothingness of September, uh, the September movie month. Highly recommend this one for somebody who's looking to go to the movies in September. Uh, definitely looking forward to seeing how they portray chapter two. And then with the last, like my last little tidbit on the movie itself is that if you haven't seen the, uh, the 1990 miniseries, it doesn't really help or hurt your like it's it's just the thing that you can compare this movie to um but i think it's almost better without seeing the 1990 miniseries and just going into this cold so uh check it out though nonetheless and uh tell us what you think but uh what about you matt what do you think yeah so overall i am definitely again i'm I'm, just to you know be on the side of dave i'm not always a big horror uh viewer I will see it with a group of folks if, if, if there's a lot of folks pining to see it, but, or you're, or one, you know, <laughs> pretty, pretty easy sell for any movie really. But, um, it's not something I'll go, go be, you know, be the one encouraging to go see. Um, but you know, this, they did a good job. It, you know, it makes me kind of more interested in some of the other trailers that I see for horror movies. This gives me hope that maybe I'll just be overall entertained and not have to just think it's just a, you know, a cash grab for some jump scares, um, but glad to finally kind of have some background to Pennywise. Um, again, I think they did a really good job just making a, a movie. There's a, there's a few gripes that we've already discussed that you do, do take away a little bit from the film, but it, it not enough to say, don't see it. Um, but I do, I do want to toss one more thing out there. You know, just, we, we didn't get to see enough from, you know, we saw a lot of time of the kids running into Pennywise or their first experience with their, you know, their fears being presented to them. But we didn't, you know, a lot of that time could have been used showing us more about Pennywise or the supernatural aspects of it, or just the kind of the origin story of him. And maybe we'll get that in chapter two, but I, I think we were kind of lacking and, and I don't know how the nineties uh, miniseries portrayed it. It sounded like the book had more to it, but uh, I am looking forward to, to seeing more about that because Again, we saw the mouth so early on that there wasn't much suspense in, in that front. Most of the suspense came from the adults and just the creepy town and the bully. So it, it would have been nice to have more origins or more background to Pennywise. Uh, but overall, we always complain about reboots and just the lack of creativity in Hollywood and in, in, in TV shows that we're seeing now. But I think this is an actual example of one that's been executed correctly. Now, this isn't one where they're necessarily remaking something that's been classified as a classic. I know it's a very well-known miniseries, and I think Dave and I are in the minority of, of not being too familiar with the property. But we, do, I do want to give them credit. They they were in, you know, this is a reboot. This is something that we all complain about or a sequel, right? Um, and so they executed it correctly. So I just want to give them credit there. What about you, Peter? Yeah, I mean, not too much to add. I think one thing we didn't talk about, I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed with the box office on this one. I mean, 
uh, we kind of alluded to it, but this thing made 100 and I think like $23 million over the weekend, uh, including Thursday, which is pretty insane. And I think it even said on Monday, it made the most money for a Monday in September, I think ever. So this thing <laughs> wow. is, yeah, it's, which wasn't a lot. I think it was like 8 million bucks, but I guess in the scheme of things, I mean, $8 million is more than some movies make in an entire weekend, sometimes yeah. an entire run. So I mean, that's pretty amazing. So this obviously has caught the the cultural zeitgeist of the day. I think it it's riding the, not, I shouldn't say riding the coattails, but it's definitely following in the footsteps of Stranger Things and at least taking, you know, taking what a lot of people have grabbed onto with their love of that show. And, and it's it's coming at the right time. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to part two. I, I think it'll be interesting to see if they do, to your point, Matt, if they do more of the origin pieces and if they potentially go into some of the the supernatural, because there's, there's a lot in this movie that they don't touch on. And I actually think this may be one of those two-parters where, you know, once you have the second part, it's going to make the first part even more impactful because you'll, you'll understand a lot more of what's happening. But, you know, that, that will, is yet to be seen. So, so, yeah, I mean, a lot of fun had a good time watching this movie and and excited to see where it goes so uh dave i think it's over to you yeah so overall like i said really enjoyed it um surprisingly considering how you know undesirable this was for me to see um i think the last movie i went saw in theaters that was a, a considered a scary movie was like the saw movies one of them because that was just a tradition that i went with like matt would go with a group of people because we'd go with an opening night for some strange reason um and those aren't really horror movies. Those are just messed up, you know, gore porn, I guess you would say. Um, but thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Um, I was, like I said, I was really surprised. It wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to probably end up being. Even the the, the trailers actually led, it, led me to believe it was going to be a lot more um, terrifying for me. But um, the comedy definitely cut through all that. So I, there was a nice balance in that term. Um you know, like we said, the, the biggest thing was that banter between the friends that definitely took you away from the, the movie. And that was kind of a good thing. You weren't always in true suspense. You you enjoyed the movie or, um, or the, the plot lines that were going on that weren't involved in the horror stuff. So, like, you know, the relationships between all the friends, dealing, them dealing with the bullies, the love triangle, stuff like that. Those little things were entertaining to watch just as themselves. So even as a separate movie, they might have actually pulled off. But yeah, like I think everybody's saying, just it's one of those movies that you, you recommend everybody do. And basically, I know a lot of people that who I would have normally recommended this to have actually already gone and seen it. So they're they're the main reason why this thing is doing this so well. Lots of lots of word of mouth, and this thing is picking up. So if you haven't seen it, go go see it. And uh, I, I will I will say Peter brought up something that was actually kind of upsetting to me about the movie. It, it actually outgrossed um, for opening weekend Deadpool. And um, that was just, yeah, I, I, I was a little heartbroken about that. Did it outgross it? It outgrossed it on Friday and Saturday. I don't think it beat it for oh, the whole Oh, uh, you're, you're right. It I was. Think. The, I think I saw that Friday, Saturday, so like through that point, and I just kind of did it through the weekend. So maybe Deadpool had a lot of Sunday. You're right. Deadpool didn't have as much football. No, there was football. I don't know. Either <laughs> no, <way>. February <laughs> wasn't football. Well, Sean almost went and saw it over watching the Terrible Saints game. So, I mean, he might have paid off going to see it again. Just saying. So here, here are the records it broke. It's it's the highest grossing opening for a September October release. It's the highest grossing opening weekend ever for an R rated horror movie. Horror movie, not just R rated. 
It is the highest grossing single day gross ever for R-rated or an R-rated movie. So it it made 51 million on Friday, which beat Deadpool and everything else. It was the highest grossing non-holiday long weekend R-rated debut of all time. And then it is already the highest grossing Stephen King horror movie of all time. So literally after one weekend, it's beat every other Stephen King movie. And it is the cheapest movie ever to top $100 million in its debut weekend, which is amazing to me. I mean, $35 million bucks, nothing's ever been cheaper and made that much money. That's so crazy. good luck, suckers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Poor, poor Ryan. It may not. Poor Ryan. Yeah. We got Deadpool 2. We got Deadpool 2. It might it might ex- um, exceed it. It's more like poor, poor Ick. Uh, it too because there's no way it's going to match this stuff for the second one yeah but it's automatically getting a sequel so it's great yeah. <laughs> but true very true very true i will say i saw this on a friday night i haven't been to the movies like on a opening weekend on a friday night in forever and it was the theater was packed so i mean obviously the numbers don't lie it, people were going to the movies in, in droves which is so, you know like you said uh, it's a bright spot on the how the box office has been so shitty so so sean you actually brought up an interesting point is um, and I know I texted y'all this, which was very disturbing for me because I never had to do this in probably, you know, the last 20 years of actually going to, to, to movies in the theater was I got there probably about, you know, right when the movie started and walked in. It was so packed at like a 2.30 or a 3 o'clock showing on a Sunday that I had to sit in the first or the second row, the last seat on the row. It was so packed that that was the only available seat in the house, other than maybe like some in the middle of the row between groups. I have never, I have not been to a movie like that in God knows how many years, much less having to sit like that in the. Theater. The last movie I, I did that and stayed for was Revenant, and I hated Revenant for that reason. I mean, the movie, the movie was good, but I was very upset. Yeah, but the, he hated because yeah. that, yeah. Uh, See, that's why I, I was also kind of wondering if maybe this wasn't as scary as I was thinking because I was kind of weird watching it at You're a in weird the side. angle. Well, yeah. I was kind of watching it at a weird angle, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think the last one I saw was, uh, go figure, the uh, last King Arthur movie that had Clive Owen in it. Uh, I think I was on the second row and almost all the way to the one side. God, that was terrible. My, I felt like a 90-year-old. My neck was killing me and... I couldn't see anything on the screen. So I, I also had to do that for The Ring, just going back into high school movies when we had to do that. And The oh. Ring, I actually felt was much scarier than than this. Um, but the worst thing was there was some kid had left the row and went the other way. And we were all on the, the, the side of the, you know, the side of the aisle. And out of nowhere, I'm just watching this creepy ass girl on the screen. And some like 12 year old kid like, pops up and has to like walk in front of me but i just see him out of the corner of my eye and i i jumped and my friends were just like what the fuck <laughs> and so there, there was a long joke of warning me about kids nearby uh, but all right i i know we're long but i have to say this real quick we talked about this beforehand so that if you if you google it and you know you can find out if any movie has uh end credit scenes or it has anything during the credits so i looked it up and it said yes and i think matt and i both read this and stayed and saw and saw that there really wasn't anything at the end but i will say i sat in the theater i was the only one left in the theater the doors were closed the lights were still off and i looked around and i was really creeped out because it (laughs) felt it felt really creepy after seeing this movie Uh and then uh 
Bill Skarsgård, you know, does his Pennywise laugh. And I almost sprinted out of the theater. I literally almost shit my pants because <laughs> I, there was just something about being in this very dark, empty theater that scared the crap yeah, out the- of me. So. Theaters are creepy by yourself. I was traveling one time and I, I had nothing to do. So I went to a theater. It wasn't even a scary movie. I went to see a movie and... Um, also, fuck that end credit scene and after credits were tricking me to watch it. I still rely on that website and it helps out. But um, I went and saw – it was, was like a Wednesday worst. night. I was the only person in the theater and then all of a sudden somebody comes. And I'm like, oh, that's 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 good. You know, I'm, you know, I'm glad this movie – it was whatever movie it was. I was glad I was getting some more revenue. And he sits right behind me. And all I'm thinking <laughs> is that obviously I this was before it came out. But I thought I was going to end up like the bully's dad with a knife in the side of my neck. And, and the guy was going to get away with it because there was nobody that could have seen it. So it was very creepy to have somebody sit directly behind me. I moved. Um, but I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? <laughs> Did you actually get up and oh, move? You actually got up yeah. and moved? I wanted to have, a, I wanted to have awesome. some situation awareness in case the guy stabbed me. That's That's awesome. Totally gonna sit behind you in the next. I, I wanted to get up and sit directly behind him, but then we just had like a leapfrog <laughs> game up to the up to the top row, so I didn't want to. You should have sat right next to him, like literally in the seat right next to him. Sup, player? Put his put your arm around him. <laughs> player, player. Alrighty, all right. So I think we, we we've talked it enough. So uh, why don't we uh, why don't we swing into our potent picks and uh, close this out for this evening? So uh, Peter, why don't you start us off this week? What's your potent picks? All right, you know, I I had one, and then you guys really, you guys, you made me have to have two, so I'm, I'm going to do real quick. So my the one I was going to use is a movie called The Game. This is actually its 20th anniversary. It stars uh, Michael Douglas. Um, it's a great thriller. If you guys have not seen it, you should definitely catch it. It was uh, 1997, uh, and I won't give away the plot details because that's really what the whole movie revolves around, but has anybody seen this one, movie? One of my favorites. Excellent choice. Awesome. Anybody else, Dave, Sean? Well, well, screw them. We'll do a. We'll have to do a, a kind of a throwback episode on it because it's definitely worth conversation. Uh, which is that the Michael Douglas yeah. movie? Sean Penn. Indeed. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, yes, I did. It's been yes. really, I think I might have seen it too, but it's been like at least ten years. At, at minimum. It's worth a rewatch. You would remember it. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. Go go watch it. In fact, I think most of the times I've seen this, I watched this on DVD a while back, but I think most of the times I've seen it, I've been replays on tv so definitely go rewatch. awesome movie for anybody who hasn't seen it go watch it and i'm gonna call this out because we keep talking about jerry o'connell and the first movie that came to mind is a terrible comedy but i i love it it's called tomcats yes oh, um, such a, so such it's a got jerry movie. o'connell <laughs> it's got shannon elizabeth jake Busey, horatio sands you got some snl uh, cast on there yeah it's it's not it's not a good movie <laughs> but is it is a super fun early 2000s comedy i mean it's very much in the vein of like an american pie but obviously not as good um i think it's worth a watch i don't even know where you'd even find it i actually have it on dvd and i'm not ashamed to say that so uh, i think it's like got 15 percent around tomatoes but i i still say it's it's uh it's i'm gonna back to you up on that peter because that he that's the first Thank movie you. i go to and i think jerry o'connell too sorry stand by me but that that's where my mind goes <laughs> Nice. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me you think of Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> it's a terrible movie if you haven't ever seen it. I, I actually I only have. saw the trailers I and I forgot that movie existed, but I remember Anthony the... Anderson. <laughs> That's probably best you forgot it existed. Yeah. So I, think you're well, I do, well, I do love Anthony that. Anderson, though. So. Uh, nice. Well, you might like Kangaroo <laughs> Jack, <laughs> but I doubt oh, it. I, I saw parts of that movie. 
I'm, I'm disappointed in myself for that. So real quick, a uh, drink pick is, uh, if you guys haven't had it before, uh, Balvenie or a Balvini. I'm not sure exactly how they pronounce it, but it's a Scotch whiskey. Uh, it's good stuff. If you want to try, you know, a new Scotch, you never heard of it before. It's definitely worth a, worth a shot. You can get it almost anywhere. It's not too pricey. Obviously they have, you know, 12, 15, 17 year old, uh, but you know, just go with 12 year old, uh, you know, put a few cubes in it. It's definitely worth trying. So, so yeah. Uh, Matt, what about you? So we were doing a little Star Wars talk earlier and, uh, you know, obviously JJ Abrams coming in for the, the episode nine to close out that, that trilogy set, uh, and made me think of, you know, we're obviously talking about Ryan Johnson, who's doing the last Jedi coming up and definitely a name that I completely kind of, it's not always top of mind and, and, you know, the, what he's worked on before Looper's obviously a good one, but, uh, brick is something, uh, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt that, uh, Ryan Johnson directed, um, kind of a really, really interesting high school noir film, uh, kind of a crime drama, but based, you know, around kind of, you know, the, the, the realm of high school. And so I think that it was a really interesting, um, take uh, i thought it was a really well done picture and it's actually something that i haven't watched in a while and i'm looking forward to checking out again myself but it, it's always something that i i kind of want to encourage people to watch because i think it's worth a worth a look and uh, i i don't think it, it got a lot of critical acclaim at the time but i don't think it got a lot of, of views and so it's something that i think it'd be great if, if uh, more people kind of check it out and, and have uh, a chance to, to discuss in terms of drinking uh, just kind of thinking about what I'm, I'm, I'm having that, uh, fixed gear right now. And it, it reminded me of, uh, uh, something that, you know, basically reminiscent of, uh, California beers now that I'm not in California and, uh, beer, beer, <laughs> bear Republic, uh, is a, a brewery that, uh, I only know a few of their beers, but their, their red rocket ale is, is quite, uh, quite tasty. So if you get a chance to take, test that, try that out, I highly recommend it uh nice and refreshing um i'm not sure how far east it, it, it's available but uh if, if you're on the west coast it's definitely an option for you and i highly encourage you to check it out what about you sean well i think with uh it being a sort of based off a of stephen king novel i wanted to suggest there's a lot of books that stephen king's books stories that he's written that have been um you know sort of developed for movies and one of which that I don't think I, you know people ever really talked about, which is solid movie, is fourteen oh eight. Came out in about I think it was two thousand seven. Like I was in college whenever it came out. But uh, John Cusack, Samuel L. Jackson, um, he said basically John. The premise of the movie is John Cusack is a writer. He is he only believes in certain things that he can see or or hear, like basically of the of the real world, and he starts sort of like uh investigating paranormal events in haunted houses and the graveyards and it's a uh it's a decent little movie pretty solid um based off like i said based off stephen king story so check that out it's uh not too bad and in terms of a suggestion on what what uh, to get into I, I haven't really gotten into anything crazy lately but i know i mentioned this a couple weeks ago so i'm definitely as something i was drinking but i don't know if i can uh I think I'd like to just tell people to go out there and get it if they can. It's uh, Ryan Geist's Bubbles. It's a cider Geist. Uh, it's like a cider, but it's more of like a rosé ale. Um, it's fun for the whole family, except if you're over the age of 21. <laughs> um, so definitely definitely get your hands on that if you're anywhere. Uh, Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, 
Pennsylvania. It's it's a pretty widespread distribution in the Midwest and sort of getting into the east, uh, northeast a little bit. So check that out if you get the opportunity. What about you, Dave? What do you got to close us out on? So, uh, you know, that we were talking the the it from the 1990s uh, version, and I noticed that Jonathan Brandis was in this one. So. I figured I'd call out some some oldies but goldies that were were his, and uh, I don't know if y'all remember this, and y'all probably will. But Sidekicks, do y'all remember that movie? By any chance? Chuck Norris, baby. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember great, that. Great, great flick. I mean, I, I, just all around great little flick. Okay, I said great's probably strong, but go ahead. Oh go ahead come on, it. it was a great, it was a great like '90s, <laughs> mid '90s movie. And then the other one that I, I thought about because you know I think somebody may have called this out because of the Rodney Dangerfield. Oh yeah, you have to. But, but Ladybugs. Yeah, you get. I mean that job. is that is that is a that is a classic Jonathan Brandis thing. I was gonna bring up Sequest, but I, I was just gonna say you got to bring up Sequest. Well, the problem is, is that no one really wants to watch that series because I think it, it. I think the first two seasons were really good, but then when they switched it over to twenty thirty two or whatever it was, it just kind of or fifty two or whatever the heck it was, just kind of lost it. So a lot of people never really saw it. Great, great show if you are into random sci fi. Yeah, sure. And that's really. I mean, what else did they have? They had a badass submarine. That was basically all it was. It was kind of. It was a. It was a cool show. Um. But if you're like into like those kind of sci-fi shows, always a great one to go back to. Um, now that I'm saying that, I might actually add it to my to my rotation of things I might watch. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, and in terms of a drink, actually, there was a beer that I found this weekend that I was uh, drinking. Uh, it's from a, a San Antonio uh, brewery. It's called Freetail. I don't know if y'all have heard of this before. Peter, you might have. I don't know. It sounds familiar. So I, I ended up getting their, their German-style lager. It's called Bad Out of Hells. Um really good um it went really well with some thai food i made so i was it 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 was a nice little uh, nice light crisp kind of thing that normally i would uh drink like a whiter wine or something like that with uh, with some thai so went really well with it um i was i'm not the biggest fan of ipas and unfortunately right now the closest grocery store to me that was all all they really sell and everybody's always producing ipas a lot and i'm still Still haven't jumped on that train, and it sounds like, based earlier what Peter was saying, it sounded like a lot of the the gozes and the uh, sours are starting to starting to pick up more in the market. So I'm waiting. I'm hoping IPAs are going to start kind of going the wayside, and we'll get some some new uh, iterations and stuff. But so it's always nice to find a nice little German style lager uh, in the in the craft beer section. So, but uh, that's all I really have. So uh, for next week. American Assassin and Mother, yep. I think that we were talking about. So, we're talking about doing Amer- yeah, those two. Yeah, between those two. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll figure that out this week and see which one we end up going see. And you know, the nice thing is, is with the movie pass, we can go see both. So we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, and I guess as always, uh, you know, if you want to follow us and see what movie we'll actually be reviewing, uh, we'll let Sean tweet that out. And it's uh, at Potent Pictures on Twitter and at Potent Pictures again for our Instagram page. We do have a Facebook page that Sean loves for us to put out, as always. And uh, if you want to email us for any comments, concerns, you know, good jobs, or, you know, you guys really, really suck, uh, email us at potentpicturespodcast at gmail.com. Just, just, to correct, just to correct Dave on that, good jobs are actually pronounced attaboys. Uh, we'll take that, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, we're all on the, on the social medias. That's, our, that's Sean's job. He, he handles all those. So, uh, and if you guys want to send us a you sucks, just we call those the Hey Daves. I appreciate that, actually. <laughs> but, uh, on that note, I think we'll call it for uh, tonight, boys. Uh, thanks, everybody.
Peter, how's that dual income working out for you? Cable, HD TV or 4K TVs? <laughs> if by dual income you mean me and two dependents. Yeah, it's just gonna say, <laughs> trying. It's trying to come up with something witty about my baby making money, but yeah, that's not gonna happen. Uh, yeah. Hey, you ent- you could enter in like you know pageants or contests. Terrible. No, those things I won, are those things I are time a, and money sucks. I won my mother like six months worth of diapers because I was able to crawl across a thing faster than the other babies. Dave, Boom. are you sure this wasn't like David? I don't believe any of this. You can talk to you can talk to Timmy and Pam about it, Sean. Next time you see him, ask him. I will ask him if your ass can move fast enough to get diaper. You would be uh, apparently. I was the only one that was able to like go. Oh wait, I got to go over here and just made it there. I beat him. I won. Suck it. I just assumed you were like that Benjamin. The only contest I ever won, baby. You just came out of the womb as like a fifty-year-old man, (laughs) crotchety as shit. All right, you want me to go where? Fuck it, whatever. Dave, you should probably put that on your resume. Make sure any future employers know that that's uh, part of your part of your history. Oh and man, if, I, if that, like the one little thing, one 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 half a year's supply of diapers for my parents by crawling faster than all the other babies. And and was this kind of occurred in 2017? And was this well, definitely with the Depends diapers on, you're you're using them. Was this a Buster and Lucille Bluth type of thing, like until you were like 25 or? <laughs> I feel like it. I feel like it might have been. Okay. 